Welcome to episode 42 of your friendly pals right here at the Sogscast. Don't adjust them ear holes because what you're hearing is true. We got ourselves a hot-ass new theme song, all thanks to our good pal Taylor over at the Twitter. Um, that is that is the new theme that she composed for the show called We Are the Only Ones That Love You. It's metal as hell. <laughs> And and what I said wasn't really that funny, but John laughed anyway. So we'll go with that. Uh, yeah, so pretty rocking new theme, huh? Definitely. It's very very. We're, we're metal now. We're metal. <laughs> we're officially the mo- we are now officially the most metal most video games podcast ever we're, created. We're the only podcast that talks about metal music and and video games at the same time. Yeah. Those are yeah. very. Those are the well, cornerstones of <laughs> our uh, of what we've got going on here, uh, and awkward laughing. And Nobody awkward does. laughing. Nobody does that <laughs> like us. <laughs> oh Lord, you crazy kids! To my immediate virtual right, he's whiter than the other white meat. <laughs> it's Rhett. Hi. How's it going, Rhett? Good. So Rhett. Um, oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> Scott. I got Skype here. It's telling me it's WrestleMania weekend. I don't. It's got an ad here. It's showing uh-huh. me an ad saying, "Hey, it's WrestleMania weekend. What are you doing for your big WrestleMania weekend?" I played a game with wrestling in it. Technically. Well, there you go. You can like. There you go. Brett might as well just be John Cena himself. <laughs> I mean, you got the same kind of physique, so you know. Yeah. It, like, if you put you two side by side, I would not be able to tell the difference. And you know I've got that catchy theme song. Yeah, that that the song goes. Yeah, and his name is Red. Meet the Flintstones. To my immediate virtual left, his cowboy name is Rootin' Tootin' Poopin' John Thire. Hi. How's it going, John? I'm doing real Rootin' Tootin' great. Are you pooping? No, I pooped earlier. Okay. Hey, were you, how's your WrestleMania weekend looking, John? My WrestleMania, I'm gonna just chill out at home and do nothing except it's watch. Be Ra- great. Except watch WrestleMania, of course. Yes, that's what you're gonna do because that's what yes. you're like the biggest wrestling fan I know. It's true. It makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I mean, aside you and like Raquel, just never shut up about it. I see so much wrestling shit on my podcast on my Twitter stream. It's amazing. You might as you know, like at this point, you know, you might as well already know. Like you've just absorbed it all through osmosis now. Mm-hmm. Like you I, probably. I don't think probably... I've ever watched one a clip from a wrestling event that's longer than a minute long. So I have no idea like how those stories are actually like told. But the thing is, you've 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 observed so much and absorbed so much through osmosis now that you could probably watch one completely dry and understand what's going on. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, it's just like people, like the people we follow, real big fans of that stuff. We got a guest. Got us a guest. There you go. (laughs) Guest dates all the way back to our third. You'd have to go all the way back to episode three. Back when I was still like actually editing these dumb things now instead of just slapping them together. Back when I gave a fuck, basically. (laughs) It's Maple. What you doing? How's it going? <clears throat> how's that how's your what are you gonna do for your wrestlemania weekend 
video games. Just gonna you know, all those. Yeah, you you and your your wrestling video games. I see you're always yes. playing those, and you're always just like I'm be my favorite wrestler all the time. That's what you. Yeah, you're like I got, I got ropes. So that's wrestling stuff. That's what you do. Wrestling yes. is like Dragon Ball Z. There you go. But with slightly more fighting and gayer. There's I a thing. I don't know. Vegeta and Goku, pretty good. Oh, gay. crap. I, there was something where I learned about one character. Like, the Undertaker or something. And he Is he gay? He did for a long time. Oh, he's not gay. No. And then stuff happened. And, like, somebody died. Oh, God. Yeah, wrestlers but, do actually like, tend to die. Yeah, that happens a lot. Okay. All I know about wrestling is that one video with, like, the cream... Do you remember that one where he's like, I'm the cream of the crop. And he, actually and he pulls keeps out, like, pulling out coffee creamer. <laughs> where are you getting it? All where? I remember, all, the only one I know is the, it was me, Hulk Hogan. It was me all along. I, remember, I like the math one, too. Yeah. Gotcha. The, the dude with the math. Gotcha. You got a 33% chance oh. of beating me raw. But when you combine my 25% chance with your 33 and a third percent we got 92.5% of me winning. I don't like those odds. <laughs> oh, boy. We picked a terrible topic to start with in this episode because none of us understand it. Woo! Do you think so, the people watching understand it? It's still real to them, damn it. Because all I... Like, Dan Reichert's Twitter is just people holding up signs from wrestling events that say, like, push Waluigi. <laughs> I, I, I think you think he said he was gonna make one that said don't it create push from like a giant bomb meme oh my god it's like even they don't really give a fuck about wrestling it seems it's just memes now that's all it is it's just memes, memes. why am I not so so maple Yes. That that crazy diversion that we just took. You had to go and throw it onto wrestling, didn't you? you said, I knew you were going to sidetrack yep. us. Damn it. Mm-hmm. We're going to get this thing back. We're going to get this thing back to where we, we belong. Back to some, some topics we, we, we have a moderate interest and knowledge of. A very mediocre knowledge of... Uh, what have you been doing? Uh, video games. <laughs> All I do is video games. Hey, we know a thing or two about that. I think we can. I think we can actually rescue this podcast from the abyss now. Um, what video games are you getting into? I played mostly the Division. Uh, played Super Hot. That was really good. Woo! Uh, and then hot. Final Fantasy fourteen. <laughs> I played that a lot. Super hot. Super hot. Yeah. That. That's like top of the games I want to play right now. Yeah, cool. Yeah, that game is, is it good. as good as the demo? It's a good game. It's it's it's, it's oh. so 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 that. so for people sure. that aren't familiar with the awesomeness that is Super Hot, give us a rundown. What is Super Hot? Well, uh, Super Hot's a first-person shooter where basically the world is slow, very very slow until you move, and then it goes normal speed. And you shoot bad guys. And it's just like, basically, you can stand still and everything moves at this crawl of a pace. But you can, like, fire a shot and then move 
and that bullet will like speed up and shoot the guy. Yeah, basically. But, I'll describe a uh, situation I had. There was huh? like this long hallway mm-hmm. with windows on the sides. It started me off with a sword, which is probably the best weapon in the game. Uh, wow. <laughs> with a I didn't guy. There's a sword. Yeah, there's a sword. Um, I threw the sword at another dude. Uh, and this is a bit of spoilers, but uh, you could like switch to enemies and take mm-hmm. over the body. So I threw the sword, switched to him, caught the sword midair, threw the sword at another dude, I think picked up a ashtray or something, threw it at a guy, <laughs> switched to another dude, picked up. Wait, no, picked up an assault rifle, threw it to another dude, switched to that dude, picked up the assault rifle in midair, <laughs> and then shot everyone else. I love how all of this is throwing and one shot. Yeah. That's just insanity. Because one bullet kills you and kills the enemies. That's so crazy. It's so awesome. It's like, it's sort of got like, it reminds me a bit of sort of like Hotline Miami, but Uh slowed down. Yeah. And and it's just like, that is just the coolest thing. And it's got this really striking visual style as well. It's more of a puzzle game. Yeah. Yes, really. It's sort of, it's basically like the closest thing to like a turn-based first-person shooter, right? In a sense. Pretty much. I mean, it's gradient, but uh, but they only move when you're moving, so it's Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's really cool. It's got a sort of like a Hotline Miami feel to it. And I also really really love the striking visual style that it has where mm-hmm. like when you shoot a dude or when you kill a dude, they just like blow up like glass and stuff yeah. and um, I hear like the story's actually not that bad either. Yeah, it's all right. It actually has a story, <laughs> cool. which which I didn't expect. I did not expect that that game would have a story. Yeah, when you start the game up, it basically starts in a uh, DOS esque operating system. Oh, that's Weird. really cool. And I you like kind of, hmm? I like that the story of the game is you playing a pirated game called Super Hot. Well, you're <laughs> kind of a website. Pretty much playing the game. I think it's what they explained it. Yeah. And superhot.exe is what does everything for you. Isn't there stuff where like you're downloading the latest cracks to unlock more levels yeah. and stuff? It's, it's so weird. Cool. Yeah. This 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 is like uh, like I can all I can already say without a doubt that this is definitely goty potential. It just mm. has that look mm-hmm. about it. It's it's so Gotti satisfying. 16. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Uh, anything else cool about it? Uh, you can upload replays to a website called Killstagram. Killstagram. <laughs> I like that. How how do the replays play out? Like, do they just, like, is it sort of like Super Meat Boy where, like, when you finish a level, you go in, like, it just plays everything at full speed then, or? Yeah, but in the, when you're recording the, um, replay you can like change the time and there's like free camera and stuff like that oh you can like this is the one where you can like create gifts and stuff yeah oh that's so neat it's and it's really smart of them to have put uh something like can you can like control the speed of your replays and stuff too when you're doing that or does it oh that's so fucking cool i'm gonna have to wonder what's uh... what speed runs of this game are going to look like because knowing exactly where to shoot. Yeah. Because I think everything's the same for each playthrough. 
Except I don't um, think enemy spawns are different. Enemy spawns are the same, but like yeah. it's sort of like Hotline Miami, where everybody will have a different weapon. No, really? Yeah, they all have the same weapons. Oh, that's kind of a bummer because I think that like if they at least randomized what weapons were available or what each dude had, that would be a way to kind of keep the game interesting. Yeah. Cool. You finished it yet? Uh, technically, there's like challenges and stuff that I haven't done. Hmm. Mm, yeah, because there's like a there's an endless mode that opens up as well, but that doesn't sound uh-huh. nearly as constructed and as exciting as sort of the the, the more puzzle like elements of. I'm glad it, it sounds cool that it, that exists though. Yeah, yeah. Just that sounds like it would support a cool endless game. Or or with the way the game works, it might just be easy to kind of like cram yourself into a corner or something and just siphon everybody in and get an infinite score. Mm, not yeah. really. Really? Yeah. Because mm. the AI is really good at shooting. <laughs> wow. Well, That's kinda... what I noticed playing the demo was like, because they had oh, to yeah. be. Yeah. They have to trap you in these, ob- in these um, basically you have to avoid getting trapped into situations where you can get um, just destroyed. And guns don't really have many bullets. Either. Mm-hmm. God. So you got to like make every shot count. Um, right. How hard is it to actually like nail targets when you're dealing with everything going that slow like is it like like is the better option to just melee as much as you can and shoot as less as you you know possibly can or is it actually not too hard to like say line up a shot and then take a step to the side and then speed things back up again usually you want to wait till either they're standing still or like down a hallway because it's kind of hard to lead targets yeah that's what i was wondering but i mean Mm -hmm. You could just, like, take some shots and then speed things up and then, like, throw your gun at them so they drop their guns. So. Like, that's, like, my favorite part is just, like, throw your weapon at a guy, take his weapon, and then kill him with his own weapon. Yeah. That's, like, my favorite, like, gameplay loop of that whole game, I think. God, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and the later levels you can switch to enemies... So you can like throw weapons at them and then catch them as them. That's so rad. So so is it like just like a projecting your consciousness kind of thing or Yeah. Okay. You just okay. sort of hover over them and hit E. And oh, that's, so, that's so rad. The body you switch from destroys itself, so Oh wow. Whoa. So you could basically just jump into enemies and then just like keep jumping out? Only uh, there's other enemies. Yeah. Right? But it's on a timer. Oh, okay, so you've got a cooldown, and I imagine it's probably balanced so that you couldn't just complete every stage by hop in a dude, hop out, hop in a dude, hop out. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could just take a while. Yeah. Lots of dodging. Gotcha. Rad as a hell. Super hot. Sounding pretty damn I want it. super hot. I want it. All right, give buy it a shot. It, buy it. It's only $25, yep. too. Yeah, cool. Cool. Um, you said you were into the division. Yep. A lot of people cool. talking about the division. I'm seeing a lot of back and forth about it. Really, kind of like uh, mixed opinions. Where do you land on the old opinion spectrum? Well, I've played 40 hours of it. I've gotten every collectible. <laughs> oh wow! Uh, so I like it. I really enjoy it. That's cool. Is Except- it? Is it kind of like the? Like the Borderlands games in a way? Yeah, it's like 
Borderlands, but without the good story. Oh. The good <laughs> so. Because everything about the division to me, like, 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 I'm not the biggest Borderlands fan in the world. I think that it's pretty cool, but everything about the division just kind of looks real milk toast and real world and boring. <laughs> like, like it's... with just like you know, I like guns. Mm-hmm. I think guns are cool. I think gun porn is awesome, but. When you get into just like this fantasy setting of Borderlands with these crazy weapons and this crazy story, and then it's just like, oh, here's a sort of a militaristic shooter kind of thing with the division is sort of where it loses me a little bit. Mm-hmm. I thought it was pretty atmospheric, really. Really? Once mm-hmm. you get into like once a snowstorm happens, mm. it's pretty awesome. And the one thing they really do well is materials and how bullets interact with them. Because oh. glass will act like glass. Paintings will act like paintings if you shoot uh-huh. them. They'll like, have ripples. So like that one room in Metal Gear Solid 2 extended to an actual whole game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like the one part of the game in Metal Gear Solid 2 at the start of the tanker where you can like interact with everything and then no other room. In yeah, the game. I, I sat for like 10 minutes just shooting a painting because I would just, it was so good. <laughs> just because you're anti-art. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, I, I actually watched a video of like all the things you could shoot in this game, like the tech and stuff, and it's really impressive. I love, yeah. I love, and even we... like weird physics things, like when you jump on a car, like it kind of bobs down a bit, and it looks. Oh, that's nice. Good. Shut doors. Run around shutting the car doors. Oh, great! <laughs> I love how we talk about the tech in this game now. It's like, guys, have you seen our shoot stuff physics? <laughs> I mean, like, that's watch this car door. <laughs> You see that car door? That car door closed like a goddamn a, car door. It's apparently a metric they tracked during the uh, beta too. How many car doors were closed? <laughs> For every one million car doors that's closed, we'll unlock a new secret weapon. Yeah, the only disappointing thing is the end game. Mm, why? Well, what becomes basically? Well, you basically have to go into the uh, PvP area. Uh, called the dark zone and to get like the best loot it's just after that it's just like there's nothing really to do it's kind of like you know like when you hit the end game of things like that it's like even with borderlands there's not much to do yeah, once like, you it, it reminded me of like the destiny end game stuff that was something wreck kind of talked about oh sorry that's something wreck i'll start you do like the dailies each day and get that stuff and then just not play anymore because basically all of the end game stuff is like do you so 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 for like the end game stuff and the best items is it all just like pvp based or do the missions that you have to take on in order to get the best loot do those just like drop in the pvp area yeah the there's uh ai enemies there that you attack but you can also attack player characters Ah, if you do you go like rogue and then other player characters can attack you back Mm. you should go in and just clean up this town (laughs) find people be like yodo i imagine the pc version's probably hacked all the fuck by now oh i haven't really oh no i'm sure you play is keeping it safe oh yeah yeah (laughs) good old you play yeah so, uh, anything else cool about The Division that you'd like to endear our ears to? Uh, 
It has. I like the collectibles. Like it added a lot of stuff to the game. What kind of collectibles are we, collectibles are we talking? Is not just like weapons and armor. I assume. I assume it's like uh, cool, unique little things that you can find in the world. Look up. Let's see what it has. Uh, there's survival guides, phone recordings, incident reports, crash drones, missing agents, and echoes. Oh, so it's stuff that kind of like adds a lot to the actual atmosphere of the world that you're yeah. in. That's pretty cool. Uh, and I know like, that Ubisoft games are pretty big on their collectibles. <laughs> yeah, like the, uh, for the phone recordings, there's from different parts of like the outbreak, before the outbreak, and like first week and second week and stuff like that. That's pretty cool. That's, that's a cool way to kind of like keep you motivated to want to like search around the world and stuff. Yeah. Um, how many towers did you have to climb? <laughs> None, really. Oh my, this is not a Ubisoft game then. You cannot convince me well, this is a Ubisoft game. you go game. to a safe house to unlock all the waypoints and stuff. Oh, okay, okay. And it's... then there's like a perk that once you complete all the side quests, the uh, collectibles come up on your map too. I see, I see. Wow. So you definitely land on the, I like this, but it's kind of like already run its course kind of side much, of the yeah. fence. I'll see what the updates are like. Because mm-hmm. they're adding free stuff, too. So That's good. That's good that they're adding actual free stuff. I figured, like, it just doesn't strike me as the kind of game you could get a lot of money, or, or you could do a lot of paid DLC for, and it really pay off in the end, because yeah. I just don't think that... I don't think that it has the kind of legs that a game like Destiny or Borderlands seems to have. Yeah. We'll see what the uh, DLCs are like. That's something um, Rhett, kept, Rhett brought up in his Fantasy Star Online video is kind of how a lot of these games are kind of follow in that sort of mold. Oh, yeah. Like, when Fantasy Star Online first came out on Dreamcast, like, there was no concept of an end game. Yeah. It was just, oh, you're level 100 now, and you have max stats eventually. <laughs> but you're doing content that was designed for, like, level 40 characters. Yeah, like, once you hit level 40. Like, level 40 got you into hard mode, and that's basically end game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, technically, you were finished with the game's content by level 60. Yeah. If you, you know, if you were with the right party. But yeah. then those last 40 levels, you grinded out because, you know, it was actually Cause fun. Because it, f- it was fun and unique at the time, but now, I mean, it probably was actually a super quick grind. By oh, yeah. Modern standards, too. And then version 2 came out, and they were just like, I don't know, level 200, and make it like a billion XP. <laughs> Isn't it like 1.2 billion or something? Jeez. I never got anywhere close Neither to did I. The highest I ever got in version 2 was like 140, I want to say. I was just, yeah. I that was reminds say, like, me of the uh, early Maple Story level curve. Oh, yeah, yeah, God. yeah. It's just another game that had like no, not enough content to support like the oh. the the kind of mm-hmm. yeah the kind of numbers that they wanted to have just mm-hmm. didn't support it. Sorry guys. I mean it's tough. Like I really don't know how you design a game to be like infinitely playable without getting boring. Spelunky. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but an online Fair game. Enough. Yeah, good point. Yeah, yeah. Even, even Spelunky, like I got bored of that eventually. Basically. <gasps> Right. Now, if you if you said the Binding of Isaac, you there have you go. case. There you go. There you go. Um, oh, oh, you should have done today's daily. Oh, I still can. 
I don't know. We, it might be over by the time we finish this. <laughs> We're not going to still be podcasting at 6 in the morning. Oh, See, I don't. I forgot when they changed. Yeah, they changed over oh, okay. at 6 in the morning. Um, so, anything else about The Division? Uh, not really. Uh, now that Rhett brought it up, I know that you play The Binding of Isaac Rebirth slash Afterbirth as well. How are you trucking along in that? Pretty good. It's Pretty better good. than the original. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah. I've tried a couple of times to replay that original game, and it's like, nope, nope, <laughs> yeah. nope, can't do it. Like, I was just going to try to do, like, three or four runs for my YouTube channel, just to be mm. like, here, this is what the old game looked like. And it's just like, I can't do this. This is terrible. <laughs> oh, that was like, last year I did... I don't know if it was last year or two years ago. I did a run of the original Splunky on April Fool's Day. Oh yeah, yeah. And it yeah. was just like, oh, oh man, this is this is rough compared yeah. to the, the remake. Yeah, compared to. Um, so, you're, are you a real platinum god yet? Well, they gave me that when I did the uh, the DLC. Oh yeah, there was a, like a weird bug, like oh, where really? when you upgraded, I... sometimes it would just give random people yeah. real platinum god. Yeah. Man, that launch was a fucking mess. Oh, it was a clusterfuck. It was bad. It was bad. I lost my <sighs> first, I lost my original file. No. And then had to, but 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 I I keep backups of my file, so mm-hmm. I had to wait a couple of days to actually really start digging into the game. <laughs> I was looking at the old Northern Line LPs where mm-hmm. he unlocked the keeper, mm-hmm. and as soon as he unlocks the keeper, he looks at the post-it and there's like five things already marked. He's like, "What the hell?" Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's a man. That's a game. It's a great game, but man, Nicholas is dumb. <laughs> still not out on consoles. Still not out. Not Bet you're glad you didn't anymore. wait, Rhett. Bet I'm you're glad like, you didn't wait. I'm just frustrated for them because they keep teasing it. It's like no, you you are past the part point of teasing. Yeah, you don't like, get just to put tease up or shut up. Anymore. Yeah, you don't get to tease anymore. Tease which game? Isaac. Isaac Afterbirth on consoles. Oh, oh, yeah. Like, they posted some teaser screenshot of it on PS4. It's like, no, no, like, that was six months ago, dude. <laughs> you don't get to do that now. This isn't, like, yeah, it's not funny mm-hmm. anymore. <laughs> um, so you mentioned Final Fantasy XIV. Ooh. The MMO that I, like, the only MMO that I still <laughs> want to play. And I actually have a yeah, copy of it now. I own it, too. I own a copy of this game now, and I have a 30-day free trial that I just have not had the time to get around to yet. <clears throat> Uh, so, uh, how's Final Fantasy XIV treating you? I hear that they've been doing some updates and stuff lately, adding some more things to that game. It just keeps yeah. growing. How's it keeping you busy? Pretty good. Uh, I've probably played over a thousand hours of it oh so my far. God. Yeah. Uh, I recently bought a uh, in-game house for, like, four million gil. Damn, can I move in? <laughs> it's kind of small. Well, it's a, it's a, for a goddamn four million bill, it, it better not be that. It better at least accommodate two people. Yeah, I think so. All right, I'm, I'm moving in. Twitter. I'm oh, glad yeah. you said four million gil and not like ten real dollars. Yeah. No. Kind of <laughs> No, you can't buy gil with money. Thank God. They, they frown. They, although, the millions of uh, whispers you get say otherwise. Oh, my God. Yeah. Fucking... 
it's so crazy that that's still a thing. Like people, yeah. like I, I'm just so surprised that gill farming and like gill farmers can still sell. But because that game doesn't getting rid of them too. Yeah, yeah. They like like Square seems pretty damn on top of the game as it relates to Final Fantasy XIV. Uh, I'm just like the turnaround that game has had. And then yeah, like, the, the Jesus. Just, like yeah. The, the complete relaunch with the Realm Reborn and like Heavensward, um, and how all of that has come together. It's just like wow, you know. Like it may not be sporting World of Warcraft numbers, but I think that it's just super impressive. Yeah. The thing it has over World of Warcraft is it doesn't look like it was made for PS2. That's a good point. This game <laughs> actually looks incredible. Yeah, like, it's it looks just really good. Yeah, and it scales really well too on uh, uh, machines that I've seen people play it on are not the greatest machines in the world, and they still get pretty damn good performance out of it. So, yeah. you know, you say Japanese developers don't give a shit about the PC, I'd say, why don't you have a look at Final Fantasy XIV <laughs> because that game's pretty damn impressive for a Japanese PC game. Apparently, there's a uh, Fantasy Star Online two thing going on. Yeah, <laughs> what's going um, on? That- so PSO, ported, uh, the Odin fight over there. Oh really? Like they're doing cross promo with Sega? Yeah, yeah, it's super weird. Because PSO two has like a long history of like these crossover events. Usually it's like a bunch of items and stuff. Like me and Chelsea resubscribed when not resubscribed, but reinstalled when they did the Neptunia one. <laughs> yep. But they're doing f- f- PSO two cross Final Fantasy fourteen. That's kind of crazy because you don't really see that. Yeah, and it's, it's weird because at first it didn't strike me as that crazy, and then I'm like, wait a minute, this is Fantasy Star cross Final Fantasy. Yeah, like that's kind of monumental. Is uh, like, are they doing something similar in Final Fantasy XIV where they're like dragging some uh, PSO2 content over? Or? They say they want to, but they yeah, uh, they haven't announced something about yet. Like, their uh, visual. Stuff too. Yeah, they they probably have to like really retool the visuals mm. because PSO two style is vastly different uh, than uh, Final Fantasy fourteen. Obviously, not yeah. only just not only just from you know your fantasy yes. setting, but just the way PSO 2s you know like art and character designs look are just really <laughs> they're they're really quite different. Which didn't stop them from just putting Odin into Final into. Fantasy Star, though. Yeah, it looks Se- kind of ridiculous. But Sega's just kind of like, whatever. Throw it in there. We don't care. Like, if we could do Pat and Polly as, as in, a, in a PSO2 <laughs> crossover, they'd just take my dumb clip art and put it in there I somehow. Mean, pre- there's those those PSP cats, like Kuro and Turo, or whatever they're yeah. called, are in Fantasy Star Online, too, and they look absolutely ridiculous. Uh... <laughs> I think, like, when you, when you have, like, a sci-fi setting, it's easier... You know, like look at all the dumb crossovers that PSO2's already done. Oh god, yeah, you have like Fate Stay Night outfits, you have Attack on Titan shit. You know, and it's just like Final Fantasy 14 carries itself a little more seriously. Oh, know? definitely. You know, so like 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 PSO2 being taken seriously, like that ship sailed eons ago, but mm-hmm. I think Final Fantasy 14 still has like a lot of respect for its own lore and its world design and its characters and stuff so yeah people are saying like the boss they should import should either be one of the dark phalluses or gal griffin might be good yeah gal griffin would probably look pretty cool in uh, final fantasy 14 
that one I can see fitting and not clashing horribly. Yeah. Get just get normal P- PSO episode two Gal Griffin. Throw him in there. Well, that's the thing. That's already in Fantasy Star Online too. Like they just straight up co- made that fight again. The, this is the same and, fucking fight. I mean, it's way harder and different. Well, but okay. like, but, but like the boss arena and the music is all in there as well. Uh, I okay. see. Oh, what about two. the Red Dragon from the first episode of Fantasy Star Online one? There you go. Boom. Crossover. There you go. It's a dragon. We got it, guys. I'm oh, sure I'm, I'm looking. It looks like they already did that at some point. They already did that crossover. So you can just Google Final Fantasy fourteen dragon. Oh. And, yeah, they did that. Yeah, that, I'm pretty sure that game would have a dragon in it. <laughs> that game's probably got 27,000 dragons in it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Actually, I really love the boss designs in... Uh... I'm actually a dragon girl. So. Well, there you go. You're a dragon girl. Woo! The crossover is complete. <laughs> Transition done. Okay, but what if they put Volopt into Final Fantasy fourteen? <laughs> Big mechanical potato, just right in the middle. Yeah. And well, it's just you fight the... the uh, you fight Voltron. <laughs> There's like a Voltron boss. Okay, maybe this game isn't as serious as we thought. <laughs> it's sort of serious, but also not. Like it kind of like maybe it knows when to have fun and poke at itself yeah. rather than just kind of like keeping a stiff upper lip the whole time. Yeah, yeah, which is what Final Fantasy XI definitely was. Final Fantasy XI is terrible. Yeah, nobody likes <laughs> this that looks game. Real boring. What looks Except boring? Like Final Fantasy XI. Oh Except yeah, for, like Final all of Japan for like years and years and years. Yeah, fourteen <laughs> though. Like yeah, I'm gonna get on that train hopefully. No, no. Yeah, that game's just it it just has a lot of the cool stuff that I think would make it easy for a busy person to continue to play an MMO and not feel like they're getting left behind all the time. Yeah. Mhm. So it's just like, you know, like you could level down and actually oh. still Huh? Yeah, this is the leveling down shit. Oh, oh, well, you mean the sorry, you meant to in a totally different way. Level synergizing. Yeah. Level where, sync? Yeah, level sync, where, like, you could level down and play with me, and you would still yeah. get, you know... Le- it wouldn't be a waste of you to help me learn the game, because yeah. you would still be getting shit that is equal to your level. Yeah. That's you really have, cool. And I can level another rad class, too. Because yeah, one said... character can have every class. Yeah. <clears throat> when you and said that's level really... down, I just thought of Final Fantasy XI, where if you died, you lost experience. God. And could level down. Oh. And not in a good way. No, no, no. Remember, Blue Burst used to have experience loss too. Oh God! And it, that, it and it was much yeah. as that game throws out instant death at you in episodes uh, two and four. Or that's not fun. Ultimate in general. Yeah, it's just like, oh hey, look. <laughs> that's great. I think it was like thirty percent of the experience to your what? X oh, level no. or something. What? Yeah, it was a ridiculous amount. It was uh... it was it was it was ten or thirty percent of the experience oh you'd gained to the next level. So basically once you're like hundred and fifty, like you're never gonna level again. Basically, that's... yeah. Like if you die, it's like, Well, there goes an afternoon. And that's yeah. complete and that's completely antithetical to how PSO is supposed to work. Yeah. I'm glad that PSO two like doesn't give a shit if people die anymore because fantasy star universe also tried to have harsh death penalties that fucked over the entire team yeah like if you died and you didn't have escape doll to bring you back to life the entire team took a huge huge fucking cut in the mission reward 
Yeah, that shit sucked. <sighs> it made it so people basically just played one mission all the time. The Final Fantasy Eleven of Fantasy Star games. <laughs> basically, yeah, uh, it's not good. Don't. This is me and those permanent penalties sound awful. <laughs> John loves being tormented by the games that he plays because he doesn't understand the concept of fun. <laughs> it's funny though. I was like thinking back about Final Fantasy Eleven the other day, and it's like, gosh, that kind of was the Dark Souls of MMOs, <laughs> where it's like, it did th- some things really good, like being this h- harsh and inhospitable place that you were kind of scared to explore, kind of like Dark Souls, but like amplified to a crazy uh... amount. But it felt so cool when, like, you figured out how to sneak around enemies and, like, see places you would never get to see because nobody actually ever went there because they were too <laughs> difficult. Because there was a whole world out there that you literally never saw because everyone was like, okay, we're going to hide in this cave and kill this one enemy that respawns <laughs> for two hours. When you said that you were going, that you started thinking about Final Fantasy XI again, the next thought that I thought was going to come <sighs> to your mind was, and then I started cutting myself again. <laughs> no. Oh, Lord. Has he been into anything else, Maple? Uh, oh, I got the Diablo 3 expansion, finally. <laughs> oh, really? Really? How's that treating you? I only played a little bit of it, but it's alright, I guess. If you like Diablo 3, it's probably more of that. And, like, with yeah. some of the cool tweaks that they've made uh, to that game over the last year and a half or so, getting rid of the auction house bullcrap yeah. and... Making item drops make freaking sense. Yeah, it seems like you get better loot a lot more often. And actually geared toward, you know, the class that you are. Yeah. Because I can't count the number of times I would get, like, oh, hey, look, awesome drop. Oh, not for me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that game was kind of a mess at launch. Oh, yeah, yeah. As far as the balance went, because you just couldn't find stuff for your class that was good. You had to like find stuff for your other like find stuff for other classes, auction house it, and hope that mm-hmm. you can buy stuff for your class. Yeah, but you'd always also find stuff like ten levels lower than what you could actually wear. Yeah, so you'd always be just buying new gear off the auction house, and that just wasn't fun. No, because that's not how a loot treadmill is supposed to work. Seems like they've also simplified a lot of things, like the. Uh health potions for now just mm. a cooldown instead of a number that's good uh yeah yeah uh-huh. that's just like yeah like i think i think like games like that need to to to, to go a more streamlined approach because we're older now and we're t- we we won't <laughs> suffer quite as much bullshit as we did when we were younger, because we had... We don't have the time to deal with this kind of stuff these days. <laughs> yeah, it's like, I don't have time to play a game for 50 hours and, and waste my uh. time and waste my, and waste my time streaming it for an hour to make no progress. I don't have that kind of time. <laughs> that never happens to me. It's not gonna happen. It's not gonna happen. Is that a segui? It might be, I don't know. Um, so, other than uh, Diablo 3, uh, nothing else? And Stardew Valley. And Stardew Valley. Nice. It looks so nice. Who'd you marry? I haven't really gotten that far yet. I heard that takes a long time. Yeah. I've only done like one month so far. So. Mm. 
So this is just like best Harvest Moon, right? I think we talked about it last week. Might have. Like, yeah. But yeah, it basically sounds like Harvest Moon for the new era, mm-hmm. but, you know, with a lot of things that people probably like, I guess. Cool. Apparently a uh, furry mod that I might have to get. There you go. There, <laughs> there you, you go. go. You can just be a dog. Yep. Just be a dog. <laughs> so Neptunia with a pet mod dog. yet? It's very confusing. Probably. Neptunia mod. I want a doggoo mod. <laughs> Dogus are people too, damn it. No? Yeah, no, they're not. <laughs> they, they, they can be. Look at Neptunia 7. Oh, right. There are doggoo people in that game. Mm. Those are creepy. Yeah, those are very creepy. Very creepy. So, Stardew Valley, anything else? No. Uh, Lego Harry Potter. Oh. Just because it's Lego game. Lego games are really good. Yep, those games are always good for, you know, like, hey, this is a casual game that I'm going to sit back, turn my brain off, and watch the pieces fly everywhere. And enjoy their silly little interpretations of stories because they're always brilliant. Except when they started making them talk, and then it was just like, stop that. I don't want my Legos to talk. (laughs) (laughs) That might be something Anna and I would like, actually. Probably. Yeah. They're simple enough to play, and Mm -hmm. I mean... I played Lego Star Wars a bunch as a kid, which is like the first one... Yeah, it's really good for co-op, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you could just sit together and play Lego Harry Potter and have a nice time. Oh, that's what I remember from. We played Lego Star Wars at my uncle's house with, like, nine-year-old um, cousin. Um, and she was just really into it and like, here, I can show you all these secrets. And we just had a really nice time. Aw. It was real cute. Sounds like it. Sounds like it was it. so hard. It was the pod race section in the first game, first Star Wars game. But so we couldn't. Uh, so basically, we spent the whole time on one level. But it was still really sweet because <laughs> she was really into it. You go. You go. Cool. Anything else? Uh, no. No. Well then, Rhett, I think we're gonna just segui on over to you. Okay. What you been doing, Rhett? I finished up Tales from the Borderlands. How'd that treat you? Uh, yeah, I really liked it by the end. Like I was kind of like that ending. Oh, God, yeah, so <laughs> that's basically the main reason I wanted to bring this up again, because, like, last episode's, was it Nate, right? Yeah, it was Nate. He kind of said it picked up at episode four, and I didn't really kind of see what he mm-hmm. loved about that episode that made it totally change, but uh, he did hint at there's a thing at the end that takes her choices into account, mm-hmm. and it was a really cool thing they did, where you get to assemble this crew out of, like, side characters. Mm -hmm. So it comes up with this menu, and it's, like, listing how you treated these characters and if they're available to join your crew or not. Oh. That's pretty cool. So one of them in particular was, like, oh, I didn't know they didn't have to die. (laughs) Because the text was, like, he can't join you right now because he's too busy being dead. And I'm, like, oh, huh. And then, like, the other ones were like, oh, you helped out her relationship, so she'll pal with you for the ending here. And, like, some of them were, like, based on, like, kind of obscure dialogue choices where it's, like, you had one of four choices, and if you pick the right one, you'll get them in the ending. Oh. So that... (laughs) But I had all of them except for the one guy who died, and then one of them is based on money where it's, like, oh, or you could just hire a vault hunter, but you need, like, all the money in the entire game. 
and I get I guess that one is claptrap. So I didn't really care that I didn't have enough money. <laughs> so I assembled my crew and I started playing this game around the same time as Galaxy, which mm-hmm. is a super uh-huh. anime inspired game. But apparently it might not have been the most anime inspired game of the two. Uh oh. Because the last thing in Tales from the Borderlands is a giant robot fight. And you slide up into this robot, and then, like, another character does, and then your crew does. And it does, like, the Power Rangers five people piloting one giant robot thing. Oh, my gosh. And you're using, like, QTEs to type in Street Fighter combos. (laughs) Where you're pressing, like, down, down, forward, forward, X, and the robot shoots a fireball. It's just... It's really, really great. <laughs> it is the most ridiculous ending. <laughs> that sounds real fucking good. That sounds pretty magical. You're like, down forward, X triangles, square, and then like he does like a hurricane kick or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that game's really cool. It kind of reminded me of Undertale, where it's like, it takes a while, but by the end, like, you love those characters, and they're all buddies by the end, and it's really oh, sweet. Oh, that's real nice. And, because I mentioned how you play as two different char- perspectives through the whole thing. The very last scene, you're actually just controlling all of their dialogue options, because they're talking to each other. Oh, wow. So it's it's kind of interesting. Wow. Like, you say one thing is one character, and then you, and then you get just jump problem. over to the other. Yeah. Oh, wow. This sounds like, like the first Telltale game I'm going to have to check out since Walking since Dead. The Walking Dead. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think anything's ever going to top The Walking Dead for, like, impact of being the first of their new style of game, but this one was pretty damn good at times. And then I kind of bounced off a bunch of things for a few weeks, because, you know, it's been, like, three weeks since we did a podcast. Mm -hmm. I was actually kind of glad we didn't do one last week, because I hadn't finished anything Mm -hmm. besides Tales from the Borderlands. Like I didn't finish that anime I was watching. I haven't. I started Gate season two. I haven't finished that yet though. I was just playing a lot of PSO and a lot of Isaac, and like, well, these are not good things to talk about on the Soxcast because you know we've talked about yeah, them we've, endlessly. We've talked those to death. Like and I did. They're kind of endless. Yeah, I did. Uh, what's his name? The Keeper in Isaac, and mm-hmm. that's a weird character. Yeah, it's a pretty hard character to come to grips with at first. Yeah. At first, I didn't think he was that bad, and I did a lot of his stuff, and then I just did another run with somebody else, and I'm like, oh my god, thank you, they, they shoot so much fucking faster. Yeah, yeah, it's like, yeah, great, I start with triple shot, but that triple shot's delay is ridiculous. So, he's so slow, like, I didn't realize until playing nothing but him for, like, three days how fucking slow it actually it's, is. It's real hard to get a run started with him sometimes. Yeah. But then, sometimes you have a run where you find Tech X pretty early. There you go. And and you're, then just, you're set. You're set. You just destroy. Because like Tech run. X kind of removes the delay. Yeah. Like, you can do a short, shorter charge. Mm-hmm. And it just, yeah. Yeah. So that one was run. That anytime, was I get, anytime I get Tech X, it's just like, one run. So. Yeah. Uh, so for the next major game I played, though, I played a bit of Lords of the Fallen. <laughs> oh... This is like a this is like a Dark Souls wannabe, isn't it? So this yeah, so this is the Dark Souls wannabe that came out between Dark Souls two and Bloodborne. Yeah, and I think they kind of hoped there was going to be a gap for them between those because they were only a year apart. Yeah, so this came out like six months after Dark Souls two, and this game is not good, mm, but it's fast. It's super fascinating to me as like 
what makes Dark Souls good by looking at this, you go, oh, yeah. <laughs> that's what I thought about playing Dark Souls too. Boom! So here's the thing, though. Like, that's what I kind of thought at first, too. But this is failing on, like, more mechanical levels where, like, the movement of the character does not feel good. Because mm. yeah. as far as Dark Souls 2 goes, like, you can definitely leverage things against it. Like, the boss design was bad or, like, the world design was uninspired. But it but, still feels all right yeah. to play. The, mo- the movement is solid. It was definitely the best feeling of those three games So at right, that right. point. Uh-huh. So, like, the complaints against it were more kind of top-level stuff. Like, the soul memory system is stupid. Yeah. And for me, Lords of the Fallen is just like, oh, it just feels like shit to play, and the camera's all fucked up. Oh, no. <laughs> like, the camera is kind of swimmy. Like, it doesn't immediately stop when you let go. It kind of swims a bit. Ugh. So it's just, like, everything kind of feels mushy. And, then like, the momentum I... just feels weird. When I played it on a PC, sometimes things just didn't load. Like, text floating text just didn't load oh, oh good i haven't <laughs> even seen that like there's one part or not even one part but just like doing a running jump feels super weird because your character does kind of the dark souls jump mm. but then the transition into the role afterwards is super awkward and this role is like way slower than it should be based oh. on the speed of the run and the jump mm. so your character kind of stutters and then does a slow roll and you're like wait what <laughs> and like sound effects of like rolling through bottles and like <laughs> trust me they sound like the most like generic like we grabbed this from a free digital library of like vase smashing sound effects like they are so out of place and like kind of quiet and then sometimes if you roll through th- through two things quickly this it just won't make any sound the second time oh really? like it's it's got some jank but it's super fascinating to me because of that just because of like we set out to try and make our own Dark Souls, but kind of yeah. missed what actually, like, the fine minutiae <laughs> that make a, a Dark Souls game. Yeah. Even something like Dark Souls 2, which, you know, we don't have the highest opinion of, it's just like, even that game still has the finer minutiae that mm-hmm. makes a good Dark Souls game. Yeah. Speak for yourself. I like I, that's Dark what Souls I was doing. <laughs> I know that you like Dark Souls 2, and I'm just saying that it's just, the three of our general opinion is, I don't, I don't hate... I've played a lot of Dark Souls Yeah, too. like, I played a shit ton of it. And hey, I know, like, four people that like Dark Souls 2 better than Dark Souls 1. It's just that they all also hate Dark Souls 1. <laughs> and just Souls games, yeah. really. I hate it. I just feel it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's old. I don't know. <laughs> like, it, it feels... Uh, it just feels like I couldn't really progress in the game. In which game? Uh, Dark Souls One. Oh, yeah, Dark Souls. I mean, they're di- they're difficult games. Like I can definitely see people getting stuck in the first one. Mm-hmm. That was the, that was one of them. Was just like Dark Souls Two being kind of more approachable, I guess. Yeah. In so terms I, of like naturally, the... we think it's dread. We think it's ugh. <laughs> I got to seen uh, <laughs> and smell. And I was like, oh, okay. I oh. just can't. I can't do this. Yeah. So I restarted character, got to him again. Nope, still hit. I had... It depends on what weapon you're almost using. Be, probably almost certainly does. Because like I got to them on like my fourth character in Dark Souls 1, and he was using the katana. I just could not beat them. Like, period. So I just had to, like, respec. Not respec, but, like, I just put on Havel's armor. 
to beat them, <laughs> even though this was supposed to be a freaking agility character. I'm like, nope, I just I can't do it. I just need a shield right now. Get on my level, beat him at level one like I did. I don't know how the fuck you did that. <laughs> With precision. <laughs> Determination. Well, level one of Dark Souls 2. Imagine that would be a lot easier. Yeah. The bo- yeah, the bosses. The bosses in that game I, are a lot easier to cheese. I beat the, uh, the like, the six uh, gargoyles on level one. Oh, okay. That was nice. fun. <laughs> God, that fight makes me so angry. Well, that was a fun <laughs> fight. <laughs> it's like, that, that fight makes me more angry than anything else in Dark Souls 2. This, the Belfry Gargoyles fight. Just because it's lazy and they're it's, just like, let's throw more of them at you. It's like, let's throw this boss in after this PvP area. Yeah, yeah. This PvP oh, yeah, area that there. I've got to run through. I guess a lot of that for me, because I couldn't really connect to the online, is different. Mm-hmm. Yes, since I haven't really oh. played either, like, fully online. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I think one of the reasons I kind of give Dark Souls 2 a pass is because, for me, on PC, at least, like, the online actually worked, where Dark Souls 1 did not work. No. Yeah. Before the Steamworks stuff. Yeah. Yeah, it works fine now. But I've kind of moved on now. Yeah, it's like, probably... it, it'll be a while before I play Dark Souls 1 again. And how many mm-hmm. people are going to be playing it by then? Exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, I had a lot of fun, like, fucking people over in the pvp areas in dark soul 2 i did that a lot <laughs> i felt bad about it where you can isn't there one thing where you can like trap people or something yeah with, like, there's a couple... three enemies and shit so that's so there's one area kind of near the rat king actually there's two kind of rat areas where yeah you can like trap people and open up traps for people mm-hmm. but the fucked up thing about it is that Dark Souls 2 has a system where if you kill an enemy like 15 times, they, they just don't won't. respond. And so when you have summoned people into your world and they start killing your enemies, it counts for that total. Yeah. So eventually you just won't have any enemies left. It's really stupid. I kind of like that. So I could just grind. Yeah. And maybe but, be like, hey, I have but, a clear path to the boss to... Yeah, it definitely makes things easier oh, no. in that regard. It totally makes mm. sense for you, but I'm saying if you, when you do the Rat King Covenant stuff, yeah, if true. you summon someone into your world and they start killing your enemies, like they're your still trap, gone your for trap you. Your is kind of done. You yeah. can just, uh, whatever, the, up the bonfire level and they respawn anyway. Yeah, yeah. That whole system of like making a certain area New Game Plus was also super... It seemed like a weird band-aid to me yeah. to respawn the enemies and have them and be... And now the... Uh, one of the covenants respawned them. The hard mode covenant. Which I... The first... My first run of Dark Souls oh, 2, I oh. that covenant not knowing Whoops. it made everything harder. I was like, why is this game so hard? Oh. <laughs> I came so close to doing that, and I'm like, wait a second. So I looked it up, and I'm like, Polly, don't do this thing. I didn't look fuckers. it up. I didn't look it up. I just kind of read it and read it. It's like, wait, if you want life to be hard... I think I know that I don't want to do this. <laughs> I was like, whatever, YOLO. I was like, it, it shouldn't be too hard. Oh, no. Everything's <laughs> terrible. It seems weird to have experience be a limited quantity in a game where you can oh. permanently lose experience because that's how the soul's dropping after death works. I mean, yeah, that's, that's the kind true. of shit I love. I talk about a lot, but... I never really also felt like not. I was limited, though. 
Because you are like, technically, if you despawned yeah. everything by killing it's like too much. eight times you have to kill them or something. Eight or ten. You have to kill them a lot. Yeah, it, it's still a lot of experience that you can, you know, lose. Yeah. But if you don't use bonfire ascetics, you are, there. there is a top level limit to how much experience you can gain. Yeah. But you still, you know. By the time you get that yeah. far. It's not really an issue. Yeah. But then the other thing was that even if you got a soul and then lost it permanently through dying, it still counted towards your soul memory. Yeah, it still counts towards your soul yeah. memory, which really so that, fucks up the PvP. Well, I never All those systems that, so just really... never quite work together with each other, I felt. Yeah, the systems just... like it's, It feels like it's they bit... were designed by completely different teams, not aware of what the other one was doing. Yeah. Like, I kind of see what they were going with some of it, but like... They don't work together that well. No, no. So Lords of the Fallen. <laughs> Lords of the Fallen. Yeah, I think it has like even more uninspired boss design than Dark Souls Two, oh, and probably man. probably more common bosses. Even though I only fought three of them, like I didn't get super far into it, but it was just like, oh really? We're doing we're doing another boss already? Like I've only been like, yeah. through a couple rooms here. <laughs> that was another thing I think that Dark Souls Two did was that there were just too many bosses. Oh yes. Yeah. And so far, like, the three bosses in Lords of the Fallen were just dude with big weapon. Oh. <laughs> so it's just... Wait for opportunity to attack. Attack. Yeah. Hold up shield. Circle, Every... circle strafe to the yeah. right. Mm-hmm. Roll. Strike One... three times. Back <laughs> off. Circle strafe to the it. right. <laughs> One of the like jokes... every level is the demon ruins in Dark Souls. <laughs> One of the jokes about Dark Souls 2, though, was, like, the hitboxes were really bad, and people would go, Oh, no, they were hitting you with the shockwave. <laughs> and, then, and then Lords of the Fallen actually has like an enemy who sh- swings his sword uh, at you yeah. and a little wave comes out and I'm like oh fuck shockwaves <laughs> it's real <laughs> like this one guy like second or third boss he just slams his shield on the ground and it does like AOE damage I'm like fuck that <laughs> <laughs> you're not hitting me you're, you're hitting me with a shockwave it's the shockwave right <laughs> I think Dark Souls 2's problems is just every fucking attack tracked you until like the last yeah. ten frames. Mm-hmm. Those fucking turtles. God. <laughs> this yeah. Although when, when I did my uh, my Facetus only run, uh, the turtles were nothing. Yeah. Like the uh, for whatever that damage is, mm-hmm. it's like oh, I just took half your health with one hit. <laughs> But they just seem so weird to me because they have this one attack where they raise the thing over their head and then pivot to hit you. And then run at you. (laughs) It's such a quick pivot, too. It's very funny. (laughs) It's weird because they literally have that move where they can fall backwards onto you as a counter to you trying to backstab them. I fucking love that attack. So they didn't need to have the pivot. I love that attack. It's so dumb. And then they put one in a hallway. There's the ogres at the start of the game, too, oh, yeah. where they will, like, like, if you get behind them, they'll just, like, eh, fuck it, bloop, fall back that's on funny. top of you, and it's so fucking comical. Yeah, that's really funny. I mean, I get that they have to have stuff like that. To oh, yeah, totally. That's fine. Like, I, like, hey, backstabbing is an overpowered thing, and if there are a few mm-hmm. enemies that can resist it like that, rock on. Like, that wasn't my problem. No, mm-hmm. not at all. I think it's awesome. Is that the pivoting silly? Yeah, the pivoting <laughs> is very silly. So, Lords of the think, Fallen. Oh, yeah, okay. I was just going to say, I think um, there's that Matthew Matosis video on Demon Souls or Dark Souls or one of them. Dark Souls 2. 
where he draw, showed the video of the guy pivoting around yeah. and was comparing it with like stuff like the Shrine of Storms boss and Demon Souls. Yeah. That's just this so much weight. It's just completely different feels yeah. to it. Yeah, his Dark Souls 2 video was the first one I saw of his because he did like this like 40 minute teardown of yes. everything. I think that was my it. first one too. Just completely scathing. But again, it's all like nitty gritty top down stuff and not just like, oh, this feels like shit to play. Like, yeah, Lords exactly. Dark Souls 2 is a fine game to play. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But Lords of the Fallen just sounds like mm-hmm. poopy butt barf. But it's, <laughs> it's fascinating because that, I'm not sure if I'm going to really go back to it, but. It I was when I played it, really. But yeah, I'm not going to ever play it again. <laughs> it was just funny to me that in a week where I was kind of having difficulty sticking with the game, it was like, well, D tier Dark Souls is still kind of playable to me. <laughs> oh, that's right. So, one last thing there's a fucking achievement after like two or three bosses where you get teleported to a new area, and the fucking achievement pops up that says, the real, the real swords starts swords. here. Uh, and I just, like, I almost closed the game right there. Like, you dorks. Ugh, that, it's so weird because it's just, like, kind of standard Western RPG with, like, a real kind of comic slash dark dark siders aesthetic. Yeah. Like, the big pauldrons and shit. Mm-hmm. And it oh, just happens to play, like, it happens to play, like, Dark Souls, and it just kind of clashes with everything else. So, the other game I played, very happy game, called Ooh. Lisa. Oh, Lisa. oh, Lisa the Happy. Oh, I've been, I've been, ha- I've been excited to hear your thoughts on this. This is an interesting game. Lisa the Happy <laughs> RPG, I believe it's called. Well, the right? second one is uh, called Lisa the Joyful. Yeah, so you know, hey. Yeah, Go so from happy to joyful. Actually, this so the game on Steam, Lisa, is actually part two of a trilogy. Because the first one was like an RPG Maker game like 10 years ago or something. Yeah. I don't know if it was 10 years ago, but okay, maybe a bit back. So Lisa is generally referred to as Lisa the Painful mm. as <laughs> Chapter 2. Mm. Uh, so that game's interesting. It's a JRPG heavily inspired by Earthbound. Mm-hmm. And like mm-hmm. the creator straight up said that the inspiration for this game was the final boss of Earthbound. Um, <laughs> like okay. Specifically. Okay. because that was the moment where that game went from all cutesy and happy to, oh god, nightmare fuel. So this game is kind of like the opposite, where mm-hmm. the majority of it is pain and suffering with some weird humor thrown in. Right. Just so it's not a complete slug. <laughs> okay. Uh, but uh, I'm with you so far. This is a game that makes forces you to make hard choices a lot of the times. <laughs> really? <laughs> Uh, give a give a, a bit of an example. What kind of hard so, choice would we be having to make? You have a lot of party members. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a ton of unlockable party members. Like, I'm talking like Chrono Cross levels of like probably 30 guys, maybe. Maybe wow. not quite that many, but there's a lot. And you only have four slots in your party. For a game that's like a third as long. Yeah. God, why would you ever need that many characters in an <laughs> RPG? Because the game doesn't care if they live or die that much Mm. so sometimes like okay so here's an example when you rest at a campsite bad shit can happen Uh oh like oh some shit got stolen while you're asleep or you got poisoned while you were asleep oh good so sometimes you'll wake up and there'll be a note that says if you want your guy back come here 
mm. because they kidnapped one of your party members. Oh. So the first time I did that, I went to where they, the gang was, and they gave me, like, three choices. Your party member dies, you give up all your magazines, or fight us. Mm-hmm. So I clicked fight us, and that, that was the wrong choice, because <laughs> they immediately just stabbed the party member to death. Oh, good. Oh, God. And then I had to fight them, and I think I lost. So then, instead of game overing, they just took all my stuff anyways. Oh, no. Oh. So I'm like... Or maybe I did. I actually did win, but in general, like when you are presented with a choice, the third option is going to lead to the worst possible outcome. Mm. Oh, so I actually felt really bad about that, though. So I save scummed and reloaded and just gave them my stuff mm-hmm. to keep the party member alive. Yeah, I mean that's a valid tactic in any game. Yeah, <laughs> but <laughs> I'm specifically telling this story because he goes, "Your main character's name is Brad," so he goes. Yeah. Oh, thanks, Brad. You're a good friend. And I felt so fucking horrible because it was the Ah. Undertale thing where I had just watched him die. Yeah. Uh. And I'm just like, oh, oh, I feel so awful right now. Why did that have to happen? So much later in the game. So this game escalates pretty harshly the choices it forces you to make. Uh-huh. So there's a string towards the end where there's several in a row. Oh. And the third one is really fucked up. Oh, no. So it was like, you can have X or you can have Y. Oh. And there was a third choice. And I knew deep down in my heart that picking the third choice was going to be a bad mistake. <laughs> But I you hit did it, it anyway. I hit it anyways, because the dialogue option to this character who was being a jerk to me was just, why are you doing this? Oh. So I said that, and then shit happened. Oh, oh And no. then it was, and then it, it was basically X happened, then Y happened, then Z happened, because fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just like, so this was a, after a string of other tough choices, and I just went, okay. Kept walking to the next area, saved over my old file, oh. and then and then just turned the game off for a day. Oh no! Because <laughs> I didn't want to save scum at that point because I had felt bad about doing that as well. So I'm like, I'm just, I'm just gonna turn. This I'm just off gonna accept this, now. but I need I need a fucking day to cope with <laughs> the harshness of this world right now. Holy crap! But I kind of went up and down on this game because. The battle part isn't the greatest, like as a JRPG. It's RPG Maker MX, I think. Yeah, but like, especially towards the start of the game, the difficulty curve is kind of a roller coaster. Mm. So that led to me like having to backtrack a lot through areas because like you just reach something, you're just like, oh, I'm fucked here. And then, of course, like the first crossroads area that's kind of an open hub, Mm -hmm. there's like four areas you can go to from there. Mm -hmm. I didn't see the fourth one. Oh. Which was the critical path that I needed to get an item there. Oh. So I like backtracked through the others like three times going like, where do I supposed to fucking go? And then I saw that. I'm like, oh, God, fuck. And then, of course, you get a bike in that one that lets you like move twice as fast. <laughs> I'm like, oh, God, this this game is saved now because that would have been so good an hour ago. <laughs> <laughs> and then the game is much smoother from a gameplay perspective after that. Cause... And then they steal your bike. 
Well, I, I don't want to say if they steal your bike or not because I'm trying to not be spoilers. I'm going to bet your bike can be stolen. <laughs> Just gets killed. Yeah, they're going <laughs> to kill your bike. Stabbed bike. <laughs> bike. <laughs> Too many innocent bike lives have been lost. <laughs> bike, bike, bike. I like bike. I like. Oh, no! <laughs> bike! So, yeah, there's like. There's three central hubs. I think the second and third ones were really good. Mm-hmm. The first one kind of pissed me off because it was still like a lot of backtracking. It was very slow. Mm-hmm. And then the difficulty kind of eases out mm-hmm. in a good way towards the end of the second half of the game. Like, every area kind of felt like its own kind of self contained vignette of like what was happening there and the characters. And it was, it was a good time, I guess, <laughs> in a weird, like, I don't know. This, I guess good time is maybe not the... Good time might not be the best uh, yeah, way to but... describe this game. So maybe instead of like comparing it with Undertale, how does it compare with something like The Walking Dead? Oh, I don't think it's quite as fucked as The Walking Dead. <laughs> okay. But maybe the choices feel more real in this because there, actually, there definitely are mechanical outcomes. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. oh man, there's one thing I really don't want to say, so I'll just kind of move on. Yeah, because like, me and John are going to play yeah. this game. So. This game, mm-hmm. I would recommend headphones for it because the music is something else. Because hmm. I started using headphones headphones towards the back half of the game, and it's like, oh, there's like a lot of texture to the stuff that I wasn't <laughs> really noticing before, especially like towards the very end of the game. The kind of the final boss musics are really intense. Cool. Like, it's kind of like industrial hotline miami oh cool like a lot of the fight and boss music are just like heavy heavy grindy synths mm. and, and kind of screechy sounds mm-hmm. love that kind and of like stuff kind yeah of weird weird things with the drums death grips so yeah so i didn't want to say it but like so one of the early boss themes was just like what the fuck is this music and i heard somebody actually call it death grips inspired <laughs> because <laughs> it's just like weird percussion and then just like screeching synths screeching out of nowhere synths and just weird mechanical sounds yeah so yeah it does interesting things with the music as well because like mm-hmm. one of the final battle themes you hear earlier in the game mm-hmm. but it's like a slowed down version and then you hear like a much much up tempo version at the end and like the way that impacts how the song sounds is really, really different. Yeah, like mm-hmm. Undertale does that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Undertale really does that stuff, though. But <laughs> yeah. In the No Mercy route. Yeah. And, like, <laughs> each of the three hubs kind of has the same song playing during it. But it gets slower each time. Oh. So, like, the third... When you're in the third area, it just sounds kind of exhausted. Oh, no. Because it, like... It feels like there's extra delay between each note where it's just, like... Do 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 like it just feel it's like exhaustion in music form and it's really interesting. There's one boss theme that like kind of builds off the area theme right before it, but then adds like this thumping bass out of nowhere, and you're just like, oh, this. So like parts of this game like legitimately scared me. Because it is so atmospheric at times. Nice. Where it's just like, there's one part where this guy's like, no, don't go down here. There's 
there's a thing that'll kill you called the grinder. And I'm kind of like, is this like an optional super boss thing? And then you're, you're just walking down this cliffside and it's just, it's fucking horrifying because there's <laughs> blood everywhere. You're just like, what am I, why am I doing this? And then you died. Yeah. And then you die. <laughs> <laughs> but. Often I kinda... some cool things like often kind of has some of that texture with the music. Yeah. It's cool. This sounds like it's kind of actually hitting more of an emotional connection though. So this game almost kind of broke for me right at the end. Uh oh. Because the end ending segment is pretty long, mm-hmm. and the final boss isn't like a pushover. Mm-hmm. And I died. Uh oh. And I just went, "Well, guess I'm watching this ending on YouTube." <laughs> Maybe it's more about the journey than the destination. Uh, it was just so frustrating because, like, this video is like Lisa ending, and it includes like from the last save point on, and I was like 16 minutes out of 20 into that when I oh, died. I'm just wow. like, oh, I, re- I probably should have just come back the next day and like, cause I, en- so I watched the ending on YouTube mm-hmm. and then the next day I ended up just doing like a bunch of the side stuff that I'd skipped mm-hmm. and then still going, actually doing the ending myself properly, even though I'd already seen it. <laughs> and it was like, well, okay, that really wasn't as bad. I was kind of over-exaggerating. Okay. Yeah, just go upgrade your speed a bit and you'll be fine. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. No, it's more like bring a lot of healing items. Because, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, you know how Undertale, you know, the hopes and dreams thing mm-hmm. at the end yeah. doesn't, doesn't actually let you die in the final boss uh, fight? Mm-hmm. This gets really close to doing that. You have two abilities you gain right at the end called... <laughs> oh. Oh, I forget what they were actually called. Cry and Scream. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Cry is actually just restore your magic points. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, Scream is going to be HP. And then it's not. And I'm like, oh, fuck. Oh, no. <laughs> so it gets so close to having like an out in case you've run out of healing items. And then it doesn't. Which was kind oh. of frustrating. Uh-huh. But one of the things, kind of my main issue with the ending was that... Uh, a lot of the characters, like their backstories are very, very vaguely hinted at. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it just kind of like immediately upon beating the game, I was just like, well, I don't know what the fuck just happened. Let me go look on the wiki to figure out who these guys are. Mm. And that's, that's not a great way no. for things to end. Yeah. And then I guess a lot of that stuff might actually come up in Lisa the Joyful, so I probably shouldn't have actually. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That can be a problem sometimes, though, when you don't know how those games are connected. Mm hmm. Because I guess two of the characters I looked up, or actually three of them actually, are all in Lisa the Joyful. And I'm like, oh, oops. Mm. Because I tried to, like, I just wanted to know the backstories. Like, as soon as I saw it, it was, like, events to come, I was like, okay, I'll stop reading here. Right, um, right. But they might be more explicit about the backstories in Lisa the Joyful, which is like a direct sequel. Like, yeah. It's gotcha. kind of weird that it's a DLC thing. Gotcha. And then I did go back and play Lisa the Free RPG Maker game. Mm-hmm. And How was that? Have you played Yume Nikki? Yeah. Yeah. Because the original is just that, basically. Uh, okay. Oh, okay. Okay. So... I would not say it's essential. It's kind of interesting seeing vague aspects of that, like kind of musical cues show up in Lisa the Painful. Mm-hmm. But 
like I kind of got frustrated with that as well because there's one part where you like have to avoid spiders and if you hit them it resets the map. So I'm like, oh, I have to get past like 30 of these things. Fuck this. Yeah. So I watched the ending of that on YouTube as well, and all the comments were like, "Yo, fuck that spider part." <laughs> <laughs> like just straight up, like the top thread on YouTube was just like, "Yeah, I came here to watch this after giving up on the spiders." And I'm like, "Yep, me too." <laughs> Weird. Thumbs up if you came here because of spiders. <laughs> like, comment, subscribe for no spiders. <laughs> yeah. Like, comment, and subscribe for all the spiders. Ugh. So I, I was talking to Gesh about Lisa the Joyful, and he kind of didn't sell me on it because he's like, "Well, people's main problem with it is that they think the protagonist should be a likable character." I'm like, <laughs> and then he's like, "Oh, and the combat's not nearly as good as Lisa the Painful because there's no party members this time." I'm like, "Oh, jeez." I think it's helping. short. I think it's a lot shorter though, right? Yeah. 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 All right. So yeah. Wait, I, who tried? Yeah. Who'd you ask? Gesh. Gesh is uh, like gotcha. Lisa's super superfan, apparently. Yeah. Gotcha. He probably got past the spiders. <laughs> this sounds this does sound like the kind of game that people on my old Twitter timeline, like last year, would complain. Why is this game not getting any attention and an Undertale is? Oh, so yeah, on one of the YouTube videos I looked on this, there uh-huh. was a lot of people bitching about, oh, all the people now love Undertale, but nobody knows Lisa. The world is so unfair. <laughs> and, like, I kind of get that, but it's yeah. also, like, I think Undertale's way better. Sorry. Yeah, that was I my fi- reaction with Off, although this sounds better than Off. Mm-hmm. A lot better than that. Because I finally went back and uh, Super Bunny Hop did a video a few months ago, like, of Earthbound-inspired games. So it was focused on Lisa and Undertale. So I finally watched that, but then that video ended up just being like, yeah, Lisa's okay, I guess. The difficulty's kind of fucked. Now, Undertale, that's a game you should all play. Like, it was super... Super biased, like, not yeah. even hiding it. <laughs> just like, yeah. That's a game we're not going to be escaping for a while, I don't think. No. Oh, horror of horrors. Yeah, <laughs> truly. It just It's interesting to me now, though, that I've played, I've played Mother 3, I've played... Undertale, I've played Lisa, I haven't actually played Earthbound. <laughs> and I'm thinking maybe in a month or two, it might be time to change that. It's real good. You should you should stream it so I don't have to. Because I've also, oh yeah, so I've also played Yume Nikki, which I think is kind of the sub-inspiration for Lisa. A lot of these, lot yeah. Of these, yeah. yeah. Definitely. I think Lisa in particular, though, kind of has Definitely. that dream-like yeah. jump-cut quality to it. Because mm-hmm. sometimes you will just walk into a room and it'll, you'll be in a dream sequence, and then when you walk out, it's gone. Yeah. Okay, but really, we're talking about all these RPG Maker games and Earthbound inspired stuff and everything, and we haven't. You ha- also haven't played like the most important one of all of these games. Oh, Barkley. Yeah. Why you Barclay haven't played? Shut up and jam, Gaiden, dude. <laughs> Tales game of Games presents. Real good. <laughs> that okay. was remember remember when I was like halfway through first. Yes. Tale, and I was like, I was, this is like Barkley. <laughs> would you call that game Earthbound inspired? Maybe. Um, uh, 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 in a more cursory way than like Lisa or, Undert- or Undertale, probably. Yeah, okay. yeah, I think that's fair. Because it's just funny to me. Like, I'm really feel like I'm starting to get an idea of what the earthbound aesthetic is uh-huh. played these side games from it like you may nikki lisa and undertale without mm-hmm. actually having played it 
yeah. directly. Yeah. God, but you see funny. kind of reoccurring style things in the humor. Because mm-hmm. Lisa, Lisa does have some really off-the-wall humor stuff. Mm-hmm. Cool. And then that sounds nice. It also has some really horrible shit that happens. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So you heard it here first, ladies and gents. Rhett coming to Twitch.tv soon. Oh, Earthbound. So I don't have to. <laughs> April Fools. Ah, nope, nope. It'll be April 3rd when this goes up. Also, for what it's worth, I think my favorite RPG Maker game is Ebe. I think that's the one I've enjoyed the most. Well, guess what, John? What? Nobody, nobody asked you. Okay. They didn't ask you at all. Okay. Y'all should play Ebe. It's real good. You, should, you, just told, you shouldn't. just told me to ch- play Barkley. Yeah. Well, Barkley's not an RPG Maker game. I thought it was. It started out development as one, but then they put it in Game Maker, and the oh, combat okay. system is actually yeah. a lot more fun as a result. Gotcha, gotcha. They do, like, cool Paper Mario stuff, Well, you can, still, you can still do that stuff in RPG Maker. You just need to know uh, a bit of Ruby on Rails to get the scripting right. That's true in um, XP onwards, but, but they... But when they started Barkley, the most recent one was 2003, and those were a lot more limited. Yeah. I think that used Lua scripting. Yeah, I guess there might have been some kind of scripting element to it. I, I don't know. I just realized I didn't talk about the story of Lisa at all. <laughs> That's <laughs> fine. You get, you... Yeah. There's stuff that happens. <laughs> yeah. It came off. As far as spoilers go, like I don't want to really say mm-hmm. that part. But I didn't even like give the premise. <laughs> Yeah, about being the pre- the premise, just like on Steam, was like there's one woman left on Earth yeah. and you're trying to find her. Okay, because that actually sounds really barfy. <laughs> well, that's the thing is that so. yeah, that game is kind of dudes being shitty. The game <laughs> where it's like the currency is oh, porno magazines, oh, and like God. all the guys, all the guys just want to fuck this girl, and it's really gross. For the game, God. Okay, but it is if it has some kind of knowledge of the shittiness, that's good. But man, it sounds that that just that sounds like uh. the girl is your daughter. That's why you're trying to save um, her. So you're you're the good guy, at least. Mm-hmm. Datification of games. <laughs> yeah, it, it really is actually <laughs> two video game dad. Because what I guess I this was you, not the year of Last of Us. Was mm-hmm. yeah, that was 2013. This was 14. Yeah. Uh, okay, I'm just gonna I, play I will... every game and be like, God, this is good. I'm really glad Undertale exists, though. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> sort of like now when I watch any cartoon, it's like, God, that was good. Real glad Steven Universe exists, though. Yeah. That's it. All right, let's ready to talk about me. I think I got rid of mixed up some of the words there. All right, I'm ready. Friar Thire! How's it going? Hi. What are you doing? Pretty good. Kind of tired. I've been going to bed at like midnight. Uh-huh. uh-huh. I, got a, I got my first full-time job. What would you do that for? Uh, I don't know. God, who wants a job? Those are for <laughs> losers. <laughs> so, it's great, and the people are all really nice and welcoming. Um, kind of some different culture culture stuff, but... Pretty nice and welcoming to me, um, but wow, eight hour, eight hours a day, nine hours a day with lunch, and there's a lot less time now. A lot less time for you to play bad games and to bore me with them. I know it's like I suddenly you can tell like, how I, broken up I am here. 
after like three days, I looked at my games to play list and it was just like, well, fuck all most of this shit here. I don't have Is this like, game I over barely, eight hours? Get the fuck off this list. I barely have time to like be with Anna and it just in relation to like fourteen hours a day versus like six hours a day, it's much harder. It's much less. It's less. Or you That's how math works. I know. Poor, poor baby. Poor so. Thing. Poor, poor little John Files. Oh, God. Poor little John Files. He got to work. Does little John Files have to work? <laughs> so, yeah. Silver, silver spoon in my ass, obviously, but yeah. Speaking of gushing. <laughs> so. There was a week of non-employment before, between now and the last podcast where I did play a bunch of video games. Mm-hmm. Just not just a whole bunch because I was so stressed out about like, oh God, what is this going to even be like? I don't understand how my body is going to deal with it. I have to get up at what time in the morning? What? What? That's like a when single I go to digit. sleep. What are you doing? That's when I go to sleep <laughs> and I wake up. Oh my God. Uh. So I saw... A lot of people on my Twitter timeline complaining. No, just Austin complaining about how much he hates Guilty Gear. And uh-huh. they did that like three days in a row. And he'd done that intermittently in the whole past about how it's just the worst shitty fighting game ever. Uh-huh. So then I was like, I have to play Guilty Gear. Well, that's usually what I think. Anytime I see Austin have an opinion about something, I know <laughs> that I can immediately feel safe in thinking the opposite and being right. So I bought Guilty Gear XX Accent Core R plus sharp reload. <laughs> Your is that is that not um, the new one with 3D graphics? No, it's not Zerd. No, which Zerd. Looks really okay. Which Zerd, looks great. Zerd is gorgeous. Mm-hmm. I saw some clips, but I couldn't play Zerd on my Vita. So ah, gotcha. So I downloaded Guilty Gear XX Accent Core Plus Plus Reload Turbo Edition, and um, it's just. It made sense once somebody told me XX is the same as X2. Because yes. there's Guilty Gear, there's Guilty Gear X, there's Guilty Gear X2, then there's a whole shit ton of Guilty Gear X2s. Yeah. And then there's Zerd. Yeah. And then some other shit no one cares about. So I can basically play this one and this one on the PS Vita, which actually is the most recent edition, mm-hmm. like eight years after the original game. <laughs> um, and I had a lot of fun with it. It's like a cool little anime fighting game, and it's way di- feels way different from Street Fighter or King of Fighters. I think that that's the case with all of their games, is that they are very distinct. And I think that it's a style you're either going to like or dislike. Um, <laughs> that's just how their games work, you know? Like, they have a very focused and a very... Uh, they have a sense of the kind of games that they want to make, and all of their games feel like that. Even Hardcore Uprising... Felt like feels that. like that. Yes, that's when they suddenly add in like a double jump and then two air dashes. Yeah, it's just like oh. <laughs> it's like, like I know exactly yes. what kind of game Arc System Works makes, mm-hmm. which is cool. Yeah, and especially since it's all like based on the works of this musician guy. Yeah, Daisuke uh, Ishiwatari. Yeah, and he invent he created Guilty Gear. He yep. is the creator of that series. It is a musician-driven series. Which, like, how did Eno not get into the first Guilty Gear? She's mm-hmm. a guitar lady. Eno, yeah, she's the final boss in, <laughs> in the one I played, which mm-hmm. I was really surprised by. Mm-hmm. Um, 
just after some fighting games that kind of really go for the drama and whatnot. And then I played one of the story modes, and then it was like suddenly in outer space, and and then this guitar lady was attacking me, and so that was that was kind of weird, but still fun. Um, I really wanted to play as Abba, mm-hmm. um, not that Abba, but the the key lady <laughs> covered in blood. Just yeah, kind of my jam, um, but. Just the play style, that wasn't – I, I couldn't get into that mm. um, right off the bat. Didn't speak my language immediately. Mm-hmm. So I loaded up uh, – so I found – I Googled, like, Guilty Gear charge characters because I really like Leona and charge characters and fighting games I've figured out. Mm-hmm. And I found May, who's, like, this teen pirate girl, and she just – throws dolphins and whales at her enemies and lugs <laughs> around an anchor because and she just can lugs around an anchor. So I played as may and felt real good about it. Not the main character's sole bad guy. Don't her shoes make squeaky sounds when you walk to probably, I could, I could swear they do. You can't hear it over the metal. Yeah. There's way too much metal. I heard it. Um, so before I played the game, I was listening to the soundtrack on YouTube, and I was like, okay, yeah, I need to be in on this. Yeah, the Blaze Blue. <laughs> I, I think I prefer the Blaze Blue soundtrack, but that's just me. Mm-hmm. I haven't listened to that yet. Mm. So I had... Guess what? It's metal. Yeah, I... <laughs> I prefer the Hardcore Uprising soundtrack to Blaze to what I heard of Guilty Gear, but it's yeah, still... Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Good sh- Good-ass shit. Mm-hmm. Real fun. Um, Excellent so kind of That was just kind of my... That was just kind of my experience was I just it wasn't really like sinking for weeks long into like the lore and all that. Um, it didn't grab me like in the Figure, really intense way. Figuring out what all 32 meters mean. Yes, I did not figure out any of those. That's kind of a problem. That That is kind of a problem with mm-hmm. uh, their games is that it's just like every time they add it's a new overload. Every time they add a new entry to the series, it's like, oh, well, here's 14 more meters you need to worry about. It's like, mm-hmm. yeah, come on, guys. Like, can you, ch- like, you know, I, I think Persona 4 Arena kind of, like, it, it, it's kind of their most accessible fighter. Mm-hmm. Um, but Yeah, it, I want to play that at some point just because... It's really, really good. Cool. Um, and those character designs in Guilty Gear, they're it's so really good! They're really good. Faust. There's... He's a bag on his head. I love Faust. Oh, God. Batman. Oh. It's a little bit. It's a couple. Oh, my God. Batman. Batman is He's a guy a that's literally on a bed. strapped into a bed and he fights. Yes. And I... that sole bad guy is the good, is the hero. He's the good guy. <laughs> I think me and Rat, however, are partial to Dizzy. Yes, I was going to say, is Dizzy in this one? Dizzy, dizzy. She's dizzy. a girl with an angel wing and a devil wing, blue hair, all black outfit. That's fabulous. Oh, okay. In. Oh yeah, she's in this. Yeah, she's cool. Oh, cool. Because I don't think she's in Zerd. I don't mm. think so now. And that, that's like, oh, I'm I'm not buying that one then. Because <laughs> <laughs> if I'm gonna play one of these games, I need to play with one. I need to look at that grade A titty meat. She is great S. Yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was... You know she's like a, a year old, right? Child of light and darkness, innocent gear, maiden of the grove. Mm-hmm. Oh, she's half gear, half, ho- half human. Mm-hmm. One of her, one of her th- weapons is named Undine. Yep. 
Just I think that's fun. Mm-hmm. So that's Guilty Gear. I'll probably play Zerd at some point. Is that on PC? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. It looks so pretty. It, All right. I- it's crazy looking. Yeah. Yeah, I watched a GDC panel uh, from last year about how they did uh, the artwork in that game, and they went through like all the iterations of how they started as 3D models, and then how they used like really low grade kind of te- like it's not even texturing; it's just like weird polygon coloring that they used to like make the characters look as simple as possible. And it's just, it's a real interesting uh, thing uh, to do. I, I went on a GDC spree a while back and watched That's a cool. lot of really good mm-hmm. talks. And that was really one of the most interesting ones. That's rad. Yeah. T- it's just so funny because, like, that was, there was, like, nothing for, like, years after X2, basically, besides advancements on X2. Yeah. And then, like, a weird beat-em-up and weird four-player thing. Yeah. And portable entries and one DS game. And then there's this Zerd game that came out right as I was kind of like, hmm. Probably could be games, huh? Yeah, exactly. So, feels good. Um, yeah. But that wasn't I the have... fighting game I really played a lot of. That kind of had a cursory experience. Cursory look over with it. Verified, yes, this is something I may like to look into more in the future. Game I played a shit ton of. I bought Mortal Kombat. The oh, right. game. good game. Mortal um, Kombat 9. Mortal MK9. MK9. So good. Oh, that game <laughs> is so good. Like, like the, just the way that they brought their 2D mechanics uh, and, 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 you know, to this new play style and just created this really hyper-fast combat that it's just like, you know, without the need of a run button. Like, which yeah, is, there's which just like, a little dash. Yeah, and it's just like, holy crap, it's just so fast. And like, pulling off combos feels so easy. Because it's a, it's, a, it's a mixture of dial a combo plus building your own combo by like, mm-hmm. canceling with short dashes and then <laughs> launching into another part. And it's just, it's so good. I was so into that game for a long time. But I bet... You had yourself a lot of fun with another mode. Yeah, I did. What I did, did you story do? Story mode. So fucking good. <laughs> I played the MK, the Immortal Kombat story mode, and it was just the most fun I've had with any <clears throat> fighting game story mode. It's so fucking good. Like I really liked Blaze Blue's story mode, and it was like a combination of uh, a visual novel and fighting game, and that's what Persona Four did as well. Like, uh, my question with those games, like, when you play, do you just switch between different characters? So yeah. You move? That's, yeah. that's the secret, right? Mm-hmm. That's the thing. MK9, every chapter, there's 16 chapters, and every chapter is focused on a different character, mm-hmm. and it moves between them organically. Seamlessly. Like, there is no loading screen at all. Mm-hmm. It even goes into the fights just seamlessly. Yeah, it's, it's so just like, good. Yeah. The characters are just walking around, they're talking, and then all of a sudden, the fucking life bars roll in. And it's like, whoa, okay, we're going to do mm-hmm. this. I looked. That was me looking at the PC and PS3 version, watching it. Mm-hmm. Um, the Vita version um, is a little bit uglier. Yeah, I could um, imagine so. And the switched from pre-rendered to game graphics is just noticeable enough to be oh. like, oh, okay. But, it's kind of like Final Fantasy VII and VIII do that too, where you can like, you know, like you're in game, but like it's still part of an FMV, and then you can see it switch back because a lot of the artifacting goes away. Exactly. But 
So it's real. It was still real. Like you could tell just the thought that went into the presentation. And that's the stuff I just really love. Yeah, they threw everything they wanted to into that game. Like, I think that that game, like, executed so fully. Like, it's probably the most fully realized Mortal Kombat game they ever got to do, I think. Yeah. Just because it feels like they got to stuff every single thing they've ever wanted to do into that game. Mm-hmm. Like, the story is big and dumb as and ambitious as they want it to be. The fighting is tight and concise and feels good, and it works at low-level or high-level play. It's got a lot of comedy. It's got your group. You know, it's got your gruesome fatalities and stuff. It's just such a fucking fantastic game. It's real cool. I, lo- I looked at the plot summaries and bit long plays of the first three games and just seeing how all that plays into the third, into the re- reboot. Because it covers the first, the plots of the first three games. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> it's and like... so little of it is actually, like, in the tournament. It's almost all, like, characters walking around outside the building yeah, and like then the, getting the into conflicts. It's like the Mortal Kombat movie. It's just like, yes. hey, you know, there's a tournament, <laughs> but there's a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes, and they say, oh, hey, we're going to fight piece, Sub-Zero now. <laughs> yeah, which was the piece of media that I was actually familiar with yeah. from Mortal Kombat as a kid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, that I game don't... is like the perfect love letter to someone like me who play, who lived and breathed those first three games yep, yep. and then never played four <laughs> and on. <laughs> yeah, lucky I was you. Just, I was just, I'm out for some reason because i was like not as high on mortal kombat 3 as the others like it was mostly two yeah two is the best uh i still like three but i think ultimate mortal kombat 3 ultimate mortal kombat 3 is one of the best like just like one-on-one fighting games i think i've ever played just because there's a lot of there's a lot of nuance to that game even if it's very simplified Uh uh and i've had some just crazy good times uh, against people in that game and Mortal Kombat 2 like like anybody ever wants to play me in Mortal Kombat 2 dog <laughs> bring it to my front doorstep <laughs> yeah but it was just funny because I never played 4 and on and then this game is just like hey fuck it N- nostalgia for the first three and that's it yeah and, and Quan Chi who I don't know who that was he was in 4 I know it's so weird that there's this one new character though but Quan Chi was like, our uh, Quan Chi was also in Mortal Kombat Mythologies Sub Zero, which I also <laughs> and he was played by a dude in live and was like live action. You should look up his live action scenes because they're so good and awful and terrible and stupid. <laughs> All adjectives you want to hear to describe yeah. a thing. <laughs> I really loved how they fleshed out a lot of the characters in MK9, like. This is cyborgs, especially in like reptile, actually being a reptile and a character. Yeah, it's real good. Oh my god, Cyrax! I think yeah, that he, was the one I they liked were really good. The most. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, I think the MK three characters maybe didn't get as good a treatment. Like, who was it? The Striker. Striker, Curtis Kinda Striker. Glad. I love Striker in that game, though. <laughs> <laughs> that was the one point where I was like. Oh, I don't really want to be playing as this yeah. con. But Stryker right is so good in that game. <laughs> He's so good. Uh, oh my god, I love Stryker in MK9. When they have him fight the um, the soul guy. <laughs> the conglomeration of souls guy. You yeah. Know. Uh, Ermac. One of the palette swaps. <laughs> Ermac. Yeah. yeah. Ermac. That's what's amazing to me, though, was where Ermac was literally sons. a bug for Arrow Macro. Yeah, error macro. And they made him a character. <laughs> yeah. They did it with Rain, too. God. What bug was Rain? Was that MK2? I think I was just introducing more characters. 
I, Rain Back was, I think, um, I think it was a bug that you could get to happen in um, in uh, Ultimate Mortal Kombat Three Arcade. Mm-hmm. I think I want to say, but then like he was actually in the home versions of UMK three when they brought it home. So, yeah. like Smoke, I think was just an actual character. Yeah, Smoke I, was Smoke was I, an MK two. Was he? Yeah, Jesus, he was I, like a super duper secret character. Though. Yeah, Smoke like, and Jade were in yeah. MK two. It's real. There's the, maybe too many ninjas though, but they did a good job differentiating them. Oh yeah. Oh, and Noob Cybot story, was in yeah. the first. Was he in the first or second? I guess second. he was two. Second game. And then they reveal him as being, um, uh, was he Sub-Zero, mm-hmm. ultimately? Yeah. The original Sub-Zero. God, that fucking game. And then the Cyber Sub-Zero. <laughs> so that's when the orig- when ori- Like, the ways that the plot different, like, splits off from the original games. Yeah. In, like, these specific ways. Because originally it was, like, Cyber Smoke or something. Yeah. That's so funny. Yeah, when Cyber Sub-Zero happened, I was just like, wait, this is not the MK3 I remember. Yeah, but then he's, like, acknowledging that the whole time. Yeah, but that's the whole point of MK9's story, is that it is, like, it's a reboot, but it's a reboot from within the Mm storyline. Like, as Raiden, you're going through and fixing shit. Oh, Mm -hmm. yeah. But then just making shit works. Yeah. Yeah, it got way worse by the end. Yeah, it did. Liu Kang dies. Liu Kang died at the start of um, Mortal Kombat uh, Deadly Alliance. Like, Shang gotcha. Tsung just walks up behind Liu Kang and <laughs> snaps his fucking neck in the opening cinematic. It's just oh, like, wow! God. Well, that's what, um, that's what yeah. the guy Tung does, Lao. the villain, the main villain. Yeah. He does that to the other Kang. Yeah. Kung in Lao. The, Tung Lao. Yeah, Tung that's Lao. a great moment, though, because it you think you're going to finish the tournament as him, and then he just uh-huh. fucking dies. And you're like, wait, what? And it's in the middle of his chapter, so... Yeah, yeah. it's a It's a good twist. twist. <laughs> <laughs> Boom. Boom. Because I think the canon always was that he won MK2. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then he just fucking dies. God. What a fucking good game. Yeah, that was just an, a blast from start to finish. It was real funny, just... um the couple of characters, the couple of boss fights where I had to, like, where yeah. you couldn't, like, fight them normally because they yeah. couldn't be thrown or something. So with, like, just with um, the main villain, his two boss fights, I had I wound up just, like, jump over him in this precise timing, release this this combo, and then to jump over him as he attacks me, and then release the combo and get yeah. him over the hoop. That's, that's typical MK and boss gotcha. cheese. Like, yeah, that's yeah. every MKN boss is just bullshit stupid. Mm-hmm. And where that's just the way to do it is to figure out the way to cheese it and then yeah. just... Gotcha. That's still okay. nice that the bosses, that the climactic bosses still feel distinct from the other ones. Like, that was my thing with Guilty Gear. was like this character mm-hmm. didn't really feel distinct. Didn't really feel like a characters. boss character, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Do you fight Goro in story mode? Yeah, you do. Okay, cool. Because I remember they got rid of the centaur guy, and I was disappointed. Motaro. Well, he, they don't. They don't, They do show him on screen. Yeah. Yep, I was so guy. pissed when he died. I'm like, wait, you fuckers! Oh. You didn't want to model a non-human, did you? <laughs> but there's um, and then the leopard guy. There's a point where you fight Goro and the leopard version of Goro. Yeah, Kentaro. Yeah. Kentaro. It's pretty great. Oh god, that game. I want to go play the story mode again. <laughs> 
It's real good. So how's MK10? I haven't played it. Yeah, I don't think. Raniac talked about that. Because PS4 only because the PC version is terrible. It's on Xbox One as well. But the PC version's shit. Gotcha. All right. Well, I'll have that in my brain along with Bloodborne and Final Fantasy XV. <laughs> there you go. They also made Injustice, which has a story mode like exactly in the same style as MK9. Yeah. <laughs> I talked about that before, but yeah. I just the dumb climax of that one. Yeah. Is that in that game? Like, there's a parallel universe thing. So you start mm-hmm. as Batman from one universe, and you end up playing as Batman from Universe Two, because mm-hmm. so he's kind of the Sub Zero of that game. And then, mm-hmm. like, the final battle of his chapter is Batman versus Batman. It's real <laughs> stupid. <laughs> but they're two distinct characters that you know. It's really yeah, weird. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> I remember that being a Justice League episode that was really fucking good. Vaguely. It was, like, fascist Justice League versus regular yeah. Justice League. The story is, like, Superman's yeah. killing everybody because he's pissed off in this universe, too. Gotcha. Ugh. That's real funny. Yeah. I could probably enjoy that, but I probably would rather play Persona 4 Arena first. Yeah, I'm glad that it has that style of storyline, because the presentation is a big part of it, but really it's just having... When you have one story mode that you can play through with any character, it's just kind of fucked to begin yeah. with. Yeah. Right? Uh, but per- I, I really think that like Persona 4 Arena's story is pretty good, and if you like mm-hmm. the Persona 3 and 4 mythos, like it ties to them really well. Neat. 3? <laughs> How much three? Because oh. I don't know too much three. There's a lot of three. Oh, gotcha. All right. I should still uh, probably play Persona 3 at some point. Although, maybe not, because it's like a million hours long, and who has time <laughs> for that? Yeah, there you go. Oh, my God. I just remembered that on PlayStation Plus, they put up Persona 4 Arena Ultimax, mm-hmm. which has a story mode that's not the same that's one. That's not as, the same uh, one. So it's like, well, I can't jump into that one. Fuck. Uh. I mean, I've never actually played Persona 4, so I'd probably be just confused. <laughs> yeah, probably. that's good. But it's just weird that they put the sequel up, mm-hmm. and you can't play the first story so mode. So Blaze, Blaze Blue really has a story mode like that, too? Yeah, Blaze Blue's got the same story Cause, mode as... Because uh, you know what? Because mm-hmm. you know what? Mm-hmm. I can buy Blaze Blue on my Vita. <laughs> yeah, don't know if you guys uh, know this, actually, but this was, uh, like, I, I know John just mentioned it a couple seconds ago, but we just found out that John has a Vita. Hey, you know what else you can play in your Vita? What? Dead or Alive Extreme 3. <laughs> there you go. Not even, like, Great Great A titty meat. Not even canon. De- that's, that was pretty nuts in Mortal Kombat. <laughs> when I went down the entire cast in the, um, in the character select menu and I was like does one <laughs> of the lady characters have their chest covered in this entire oh. game <laughs> yeah they definitely nope. got flack for that yeah like, what? the characters in that game are not great yeah mm. i mean a lot of them have some good like material um, yeah it's just but those designs the are... outfits yes those yeah. designs oh, are like but, the yeah. sexy melina one oh my so god ridiculous get out of here Get oh, that out of here. Yeah, with like the just the it's rags. Like a rag thong oh, or something. Get oh out of here. Yeah, just... I think it was really like at least all those characters are like weird other world characters, but just Sonya. Mm-hmm. Cuz that just sets the tone cuz she's so serious. She's so serious. Yeah. <laughs> she's yeah. A serious military lady. <laughs> and it's just like kind of like quiet in Metal Gear. It's sad. Yeah. Oh, but, I don't know. Quiet is 
Quiet's egregious. A whole yeah. other level of bad outfit. <laughs> no, you're right. A whole other bad outfit and is a different, probably a different character. Yeah. But even then, like I said, Sony has a lot of good story material. So I really like Mortal Kombat. Cool. cool. It was fun to go into... Can you do fatalities in the story mode? don't think so, no. So that was the weirdest thing for me was I played all of story mode. And, like, there's not much violence in it. Yeah, there's not. And then you play, like, just regular arcade mode. And there's way more gore just in the battles themselves. Yeah, yeah just damage on the characters that just doesn't happen in story mode. I'm like, oh, I kind of liked it better before, honestly. <laughs> yeah, those models get beat up pretty bad. Like, uh-huh. like they'll have, like, their eyes hanging out if you yeah, uh, at the end of the match, even before fatalities yeah, and, and shit. It's oh. pretty gross. Oh, well, you see, that's, that's the thing, because all those X-ray moves don't make any sense aesthetically in yeah. the story mode, because they get their spine broken in half or something, yeah. and then- it just cuts back and they're fine. Yeah. yeah. So there's actual damage like on the models yeah. after stuff like that. Way more. That's yeah. really cool in a real fucked up way. In a gory way, yeah. It makes it makes the game it makes more sense aesthetically. Just because right, right. the X-ray moves don't really work, I think, for me in the um, story mode context. Yeah. Um, that's cool. Those games are those games are really juvenile. That game is really juvenile and it just wears it on its sleeve. You can just kind of embrace it. Yeah. Get the yeah. soul of it. Be okay. Yeah, I'm totally okay with it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Good game. Um, and then, then job. Sad. Oh. Um, I'm, I'm a software developer. That's cool. Good job. Nice. I know, right? Um, so after that, basically, um, we just I just played multi I played multiplayer games then on the Wii U. Uh-huh. Just every day for two weeks and have had a great time. Like, um, we finally loaded up Nintendo Land, which came with the game, <laughs> with the system, and we just never touched it. You got it with fucking New Super Mario World and stuff, so, like, why would you? Exactly. We had, new, we had Super Mario 3D World and we had Super Mario Maker. Yeah. It was just no point. Um, and then we did, and it's, it was real cute. Um, mm-hmm. It's not... Like with Wii Sports, basically all those five games, and they're all basically pretty good, right? Mm-hmm. They're all solid, cool little things that demonstrate the motion control in a way that none of the other Wii games ever did. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but then Nintendo Land, there's like 12 games, and about half of them I'm real down with. They're like these cool, tiny kinds of games that I, I kind of like to make, mm-hmm. would like to make. Mm-hmm. And then about half of them, I'm just kind of like, oh, whatever. Like the one where you watch Yoshi, where you have obstacles on the main screen and then draw a path for Yoshi on the bottom screen, but you can't see the obstacles. It's like, this is is real dumb. Or the F-Zero type game where you play it on the bottom screen as like a 2D thing, but then you have to look up to the top screen when you go through tunnels. Yeah, it's just kind of like, well, we didn't really have much else for this. Not really selling this, selling me here. There's a dumb kind of Metroid thing. Yeah. Um, but then, like, there's the Donkey Kong game that's basically, like, it, it reminds me of Spelunker, but, like, good. <laughs> <laughs> where, like, it, because that's the kind of cute thing with Spelunker is that it's just this one real long level. Yeah. Um, that's just kind of, that's so- static and just kind of put together real meticulously and is kind of cute. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just that 
Spelunker is ridiculously punishing and yes. fi- everything is stu- stupidly fatal. Um, so that Donkey Kong game I really like. My favorite is the um, Ghost House game. Yeah, yeah. Everybody says that. Everybody loves that game. Yeah, that's real good. I like being the ghost because then I, I like try to just stay out of Anna's sight for as long as possible, <laughs> and then sneak up, and then the controller starts vibrating, and then ah! it's great. Then we like went out to store, and we're like, we need more Wii U games to reward ourselves for making money, and we got, <laughs> um, we got what do we get besides Mario Kart? Oh, yeah, because we got Pikmin 3, and we got... Yeah, she liked the Pikmin game in Nintendo Land. We got NES Remix Collection, mm-hmm. and we got Mario Kart 8. Mm-hmm. Um, NES Remix is just kind of a bust. Yeah, it's not. It was real great. cheap, so I felt okay about getting it, but it was just kind of lame. It is like... Play Donkey... Here's a five-second clip from Donkey Kong jump over these two barrels yeah, and then it cuts away and moves to the next challenge. And it's like, Oh, or I could be playing Donkey Kong. It's like, or I could just go play WarioWare because WarioWare yeah. is good. And well, faster. It's like, it's and faster. Like, yeah. It's like, if you play WarioWare, but all the challenges are just in a line Yeah, and it takes longer between each of them. And so you play like different, like 10, like 20 different Donkey Kong WarioWare mini games in a row. Yeah, and they're not even mini games. It's just mini objectives. Yeah, it's just like, oh, yeah. hey, Super Mario One, get a star, kill twenty enemies. All right, good for you. Here's some points, I guess. Wait, what'd you just do? Oh, cool. <laughs> yeah, we got Mario Kart Eight, which is real good, and we'll get to that. And I'll get to that. Um, we played like four hours or something of Pikmin Three. Um, yeah, Anna was really liking it for a little bit, and then because it's real cute. Because then you realize that oh this is just imperialism, the video game. This is so <laughs> yeah, you go to the planet, and then you get all the little Pikmin servants, and then you take the resources. Yep. <laughs> so basically, it's Mass Effect Four. Basically. Yeah. Um, or that one Metroidvania thing you played the other day. You played the other time, and we're like, this is like Redder, but not self-aware. Um, but it was it was pretty fun. Um, I think I could have... I might go back to it at some point, because I like the... It's cool to make things for me. What y'all, what, what's y'all's experience with Pikmin? I like Pikmin. I think it's all right, but... I mean, it just it doesn't really stand out to me as something that's ooh, my favorite. I gotta go play it. Yeah. That's kind of what I got from playing it. Like the 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 themes weren't really stabbing me in the core or anything. It was just like the mechanical experience of playing. It was just like, yes, this is pretty functional. Yeah. When Pikmin three. Oh. I'm awful at top down uh, RTS like games, so Mm. really enjoy it. I guess it is kind of like that. Didn't really think about it in those terms. Yeah, there's another game called Overlord that I think is actually really similar to it, but you use, like, minion demon yeah. guys yeah. as your buddies. But uh, when Pikmin 3 came out, I was like, oh, I really want to play this, but I don't have a Wii U. Oh, I know. I'll just buy Pikmin 2. <laughs> so I went out and bought Pikmin 2, and then it was like, oh, wait, I never play my Wii. <laughs> so I didn't play it for, like, two years. 
Yeah. And then since then I've played it for like five minutes. I did oh. like the first mission. I was like, oh, this is this is okay, I guess, but I kind of don't have that drive anymore. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's all right, but it's 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 just not something that speaks to me, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. RTS never was my thing. I, mean, I like RTSs. It's just I just wasn't that big on Pikmin. Mm-hmm. And at least with Overlord, like it's pretty overt about like, hey, this is this has some evil twinges to it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like here's all the minions, just despicable me Pikmin game. Clearly. Oh god. <laughs> oh <laughs> my god. No. No. John, you're fired. Why isn't that a licensed product, though? Like, seriously. Because it would, it would take effort to make. The is blueprint the is right there, though. It would take effort to make, and that's something that doesn't happen in licensed games. Yeah, there's probably... Oh, uh, not anymore with phones. Like, licensed third-person shooters where you just go, go through crappy levels with... Yeah. Yeah. Not groups. <laughs> yeah, licensed stuff has always, for the most part, been really bad. Like, on the NES, it was terrible. Then it became, you know shitty third-person shooters and that's just shitty phone games yeah i mean like you had you had capcom on the nes and that was your only yeah. saving grace for good licensed stuff and konami Excuse- had a few sunsoft sunsoft as well mm. i tried um i i got real into let's i'll talk about mario kart 8 in a minute because that's like the most fun we've had with the game lately um i got real into reading about james bond mm-hmm. the last couple weeks because that happens every now and then it's just like oh i should get into this series <laughs> And then I actually try watching one of the one of them, and it's like, ah, uh, oh, he just slapped her. Oh, great. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is rapey. Okay. Yeah, uh, yeah. That's that's about how that series goes. Yeah, but like, okay, I, I will responsibly enjoy these this these things, and then try it, and then it's like, no. Um, but. Then I was like, okay, I know. I'll play the GoldenEye video game on the N64. Um, when I, and I played that for like 10 minutes a little bit before the podcast. And I was going to beat the first mission. Because as a kid, I could never beat the first mission because I didn't know to jump off the thing at the end. Because it has <laughs> objectives and isn't just run to the end of the stage. <laughs> exactly. It's real confusing. And I was a little kid and dumb, and I didn't grasp these complicated concepts. I think when I first played it, yeah, the whole bungee jump off the bridge thing is like not very transparent mm-hmm. but Cause you're like if i walk off i'll die yeah exactly <laughs> so and then if you do die if you don't if you're on the higher difficulties and you don't do the other objectives yep yeah so ah so i played a little bit of that and i think i would if i were ever going to enjoy that game it would need to be on an n64 with an n64 controller because oh n64 yeah. Controls are yeah. layers are pretty jank, and playing that on an Xbox controller where the analog stick isn't really tuned to it, um, yeah. yeah, just it it felt terrible to play and looked really bad. And I knew that if I was playing it on like a 1990s TV with an actual N64 controller, it would feel a lot better. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's probably never going to happen. So I might I- just. Endure, yeah, I did revisit that game last year when I hooked up my N64, and it's like, oh god, this is aged absolutely dreadfully. Oh, so because it's just like, for it? yes, there is a remake on the Wii now. How but, is it? 
I don't think people loved it that much, but maybe just because it was on the Wii. Gotcha. I'm sure, like, objectively, it it probably plays way better, obviously. I think it was on the DS, too. (laughs) No, I don't think so. I mean, not entirely sure, but... Mm -hmm. That might be more accessible, but... Yeah, so that... I might just not be... May not ever get in James Bond, and I guess I might just have to accept that. Gosh darn. Now I'll just have to deal with my life. I think... Yeah. The one Bond thing, well, besides GoldenEye the game, mm-hmm. I think the new Casino Casino Royale movie was really good. Yes. Yes, definitely. That's like the one thing I'd recommend. Yeah. That was really good. Experiences. Oh, so you've seen that? Great. <laughs> yeah. I've seen Casino Royale. Last time I got in this mood, I sat down with my dad two nights in a row for some good sex, good father-son bonding. <laughs> Awful. Wait Wait a minute. No. no. Holy shit, this podcast took a fucking turn. Wow. The most shocking revelation. Wow. Father, son, watching Uh dude beat up people and beat up women and just be shit. Okay. I'm still recovering. You keep going, yeah. but I'm still recovering. And we watched Doctor No and watched From Russia with Love, and those were fun. They were fun movies. <laughs> <laughs> um, sorry. There's a porn in there for some reason. Oh, sure. <laughs> Just keep going. Okay. <laughs> and I watched Liver Let Die ages ago as a kid, and I saw Die Another Day in theaters, which was apparently dreadful. And we saw a clip of it. On TV, Anna and I did, and it was terrible. Oh <laughs> yeah, and then we tried watching the Ed, the Lazenby movie because it's the one Bond fans hate because it has like a lady he actually falls in love with and marries. Um, and I might actually try it. We watched the first hour, but there's so little time. I didn't know we couldn't finish it because I wanted to play Mario Kart with Anna. Mm. Yes, excellent. You can play the Wii U on just the controller. It's pretty great. Um, so that James Bond, it's just going to be in the same thing as like Godzilla and Gundam, where like every couple years, it's like I'm going to read, I read about it and get really excited, and then I try to actually engage with the thing for more than ten minutes, and it's like, oh. <laughs> I get that when it's like, oh, I should be a fan of this, but I'm just not. Mm-hmm. Like, like I do have things with that. It's even worse when, like, I watch a thing and then kind and then basically like it. Like, I liked watching the Godzilla and Godzilla vs. Mothra. And I liked 8th MS Team, the Gundam show, a lot. But, um, just never turned into an obsession. And I just, you know, it's sad when things, you, you don't completely obsess over things, you know? Or when something just doesn't click. Yeah. Like, Bond hasn't clicked for you. Mm-hmm. Um... I was like, I'll watch the GoldenEye movie and then play the GoldenEye game. And then I was like, I'll play the GoldenEye game. (laughs) There's nothing for me here. (laughs) I played the shit out of that game as a kid. And Mm -hmm. watching the movie afterwards was really weird. Oh, (laughs) Because it's like, oh, wow, I can sort of vaguely see how they made levels out of these sets. It was kind of funny. Uh, But then also how, like, half the game was just made up for it. Yeah. It's a it's a two hour movie, so yeah, you need twenty levels, and you need five six objectives in each level. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, that was the really cool thing about that is how 
True. the harder difficulties weren't just harder enemies. Even yeah, they, they added new objectives. But the new objectives totally changed how you had to approach some of those levels. Uh-huh. That makes that, sense. That was awesome. So I was feeling real confident after beating the first level tonight on Agent <laughs> and then getting to the next level. And I was like, here's your four objectives. And I was like, oh, oh, whoa. Yeah, the next one's kind of a bit... Um, much bigger level. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna just go play. I'm gonna go play Doom or something for this something simpler for my tiny, tiny brain. And I um I watched a big video on the Wolfenstein series too today. So that uh, didn't we talk about how Return to Castle Wolfenstein was cool or something? Mm-hmm. And you said New Order was real cool, and that yeah. looks real cool. Yeah. All right, we played Mario Kart Eight a shit ton. That game's hella fun. It feels a lot better than the Wii game and maybe better than Double Dash. I don't remember too well. Um, that that It's the game that... The only Mario Kart game I, that really resonated with me as a kid was um, DS because it felt kind of tight and together. Yeah. Um, and you, drifting around corners felt good, basically. And then Mario Kart 8, drifting around corners, feels real good. Still feels good. Feels real good. <laughs> Get some hell of drifting in Outrun 2006, man. Mm-hmm. That's, and then yeah, you, that's probably the won't get hit play. by a blue shell in Outrun 2006. Yeah, that won't happen. Yeah, that. As a kid, I always had the most fun in Mario Kart DS doing the time trial mode. Yeah, because it's just all right. Let me get intimately familiar with these courses, <laughs> and just beat the staff ghost and all that. Yeah. Um. And that's real fun. And I did a little bit of that with Mario Kart 8. And then also the the actual game is real fun in a multiplayer context. Because even if it's just kind of messy with all the power-ups. Mm-hmm. Um, that are, the exactly. The messiness is part of the charm. Um, and it just kind of allows for those multiple modes of play. Mm-hmm. Like the party mode and then anything else. And then you can still engage with the Grand Prix stuff on its own and just have a good time. Um, and yeah, that's basically, and it's cool that Mario Kart, ha- that it has F-Zero courses. We bought the DLC and we were really happy with <laughs> that's it. That's good shit. Um, there's like two courses that don't loop. They just have three laps through completely different locations. So they're huh. really, they're really cool because they're like these super extensive, still meticulously designed and beautiful tracks. And one of them is Big Blue. Oh, interesting. Oh, that's that's a cool way to approach that. Yeah. I think the whole big blue level is, like, going down. So it's like you're going down the steep hill. Oh, man. And that's real cool. But it, like... And because Mario Kart 8, all the levels, like, fuck with gravity. Like, you'll be going around... It's like F-Zero X or F-Zero yeah. DX going around the loop, and they totally rip, rip that to great effect. Um, and obviously they do that a ton in the F-Zero levels. So... The whole game kind of has a little bit of that vibe, which is cool because I saw an F-Zero article being passed around this week and that made me kind of nostalgic for that series. Um, One more thing. (laughs) I managed to fit a lot of stuff in, even with with just no time. I know, with one week. No time. No, no, because Nintendo Land and Mario Kart 8 were after work. Um. So I had a lot of, I've had a lot of commute time, a lot more than I'm used to, because work's like 25 minutes away. How do people live? Oh, John File, a 25-minute commute to work. Poor little thing. How will you ever survive? <laughs> so, so, 
I've had to make do. Um, so I found a podcast. I really like the My Brother, My Brother and Me podcast. <laughs> it's real funny. Yeah, yeah. It's a damn good comedy podcast. Yes. There's something wrong with those boys. <laughs> I, t- I said on Twitter, like, oh, I've discovered the Rosetta Stone to Polly. <laughs> <laughs> it's not wrong. <laughs> Glistening fish lifters. <laughs> Have you closed out the podcast with kiss your dad, square on the lips a couple times? I, I don't think I've ever said that, okay. no. I said, I heard that, and it's like, that sounds like something Polly would say <laughs> to close out something. And it's, it's been so fun. Just so fun. So many segments that just made me completely uproariously laugh. I like uh, uh, Haunted Doll Watch has come back in the last few weeks, no. which is good. <laughs> <laughs> On eBay, just like... This doll, ethereal spirit, goes around. They're just they go through all the logistics of it, just like in depth, and then they either just go real deep on the concept, or they'll just go on like completely surreal tangents. <laughs> like there's some talking about being in high school or something, and then they'll be like, "Yeah, I'm just like so, like a Freaky Friday situation." And then they're like, "What if you just switch places with everybody? Took control of everybody's body? What if you were just like this glistening mass of red ooze <laughs> living in a lake underneath the school, taking control of everybody?" <laughs> and they just deliver it in just like this completely fluid way, and it just sounds so conversational. Yeah, they're 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 naturals. They're naturals. Yep. Yeah, they do live shows too. Um, God of of their of what they do, Boy. and I happen to live pretty close to where they do those shows, so I need to like go try to go to uh, one of their holiday shows sometime. Mm-hmm. Candle nights. Yep, it's so fun. Oh, that's so fun. They're really funny. Are there any other podcasts from that channel y'all like? Uh, I like Sawbones. Sawbones is good. Um, uh, still buffering. I started listening to that. Uh, cool. So, yeah, yeah. Maximum Fun Network is pretty good. Rad. I and like that they've got they got lots of shit going back to. Yeah, yeah. They've been doing that show for a while, so. Mm-hmm. That was one thing that was funny when they were doing the their show and then they were like um if you go back and listen to our old podcast, don't don't do that cuz we were just awful man. <laughs> 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 oh. There's so many classic bits, though, that you'll miss out on. Oh, okay. I can do that, then. And especially, yeah. I thought you said you started from the start and we're up on episode no, 12. No, I, I was listening to, like, a few of the original ones. To, I, I, was, love I, I love I've that. I've been listening backwards from the most recent ones. I love that Griffin's Space Jam is still on the internet. <laughs> oh, God. So I can go back to the beginning and have a good time? Yeah. 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 I started from episode one and just I'm on episode 100 by now. Cool. Uh, sometimes I just throw it on when playing PSO2 or something. Cool. I don't do that because I've got time at work where I'm looking at code or something and I can put on a podcast or I'm driving to work and I can put on a podcast. Mm-hmm. But I'm using whatever not. <sighs> but yeah, that's that has been the extent of it, I think. <laughs> cool. So that's all you've been up to? Yeah. Uh, I've only it's been the up weekend. To, I've only been up to one thing. Well, okay. Big thing. I've been up to that one thing for 54 hours now. Uh, I started playing a doujin game in the Toho franchise. Uh, these are actually video games for people who don't know. 
who think that it's just random, you know, a random attack of cute girls that just appeared out of nowhere one day. Like Love Live. Yeah, like Love Live. Like Love Live doesn't have any actual media associated with it. It's just characters that randomly appeared one day. So they made a Toho game. (laughs) Now, this is um, this is a doujin of a doujin game. Uh, the best type of the yeah, and um, I played Labyrinth of Toho Two. This is a very expansive dungeon crawler. So the sequel to the Dojin of the Dojin. It's the sequel of the Dojin <laughs> of the Dojin series. Uh, the first Labyrinth of Toho, I probably lost two months of my life playing through that and finishing uh, just the main story. And uh, that that like, I remember. The game was very difficult and very fun, and uh, it, it, it lacked a lot of uh, polish. It had some balance issues that needed some taken care of, but, I mean, ultimately, you know, it was, it, it was a pretty solid game. And then uh, Labyrinth of Toho 2 is uh, Labyrinth of Toho 2, the heaven-piercing tree, I believe the subtitle translates to, um, is the sequel, and it is, like, 450 million times better than the first game. Oh, um, dang. It's real freaking good. Like, it's such a good game. Like, just from, like, okay, we'll start with, like, the presentation standpoint in that this looks like an official game. Like, this looks like something you would actually see released in a store or something um, mm-hmm. with with how well it's presented. Uh, like, it's got great character art. It's got great and really flashy UI design because, I mean, the game is mostly UI. Uh, because you're dealing with menus a lot so like you know it's got some flashy design there and it's uh, just this really brutal dungeon crawler um that 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 has all of these characters that you may or may not be familiar with from this very popular shooting game series um uh, and i think what really makes it stand out is just uh not only the amount of content that is in the game, because uh-huh. like I, I think that there are 21 floors in the dungeon, and each one, like the maps are gigantic, and they all got some kind of puzzly gimmick to them that you have to figure out on top of slogging, slogging your way through random encounters. That like, um, if you've played Etrian Odyssey, then Ooh. this then this game will resonate with you quite a bit uh i've also heard uh that it takes some inspiration from stuff like wizardry um and games like that as well where it's just this really brutal dungeon crawler where you're heavily 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 managing your stats um scott's old wizardry games look just like madness yeah like yeah like i just know some some guy in a blog doing a bunch of old CRPGs and spending like 25 hours on Wizardry 1, which is one dungeon, just all wireframe labyrinth mazes yeah. randomly generated. <laughs> Thankfully, Labyrinth of Toho isn't randomly generated. It's got, yes. it, it's got set floors and set gimmicks. Uh-huh. Um, but uh, it's very difficult in that like, it's not the kind of game where you can grind to win. Uh, you know, leveling up is an important part of the process, but it's more in how you you know use those precious few stats that you have you know it's how you allocate those points and how you allocate stat points that you level up by the way this game has a lot of things that you level up there are 48 total characters every character has anywhere Dang. from from 2 to 6 attacks that can be leveled up all of their parameters <laughs> 
all of their parameters, you get one you get one uh, level up point to assign to any of their six or seven main stats. Uh, and uh, you can buy more of those at an, in another section. Um, and then there is subclassing where you get a Stone of Awakening and you can then assign that character a subclass to give them even more skills to learn. Um, this game is a wash in systems. It is system overload. It is character overload. <laughs> There's just so much stuff to keep track of. And not only that, it's customizable to just a ridiculous degree. Like you can, the way you can build your characters and like the options you have in allocating their stat points is crazy enough, but for no penalty at all, you can respec your characters at any time. So you can just take those level up bonuses and just funnel them into another stat if you want. Just go into a menu, be like, I want to put these 62 points in something yeah. else. And then you can go and do that with all of the skill points that you buy. And it's just... it's. Can, it, you, can you refund those? Yes. Wow, that's interesting. So you're just always allowed... Like, it's like the game... Like, in a lot of these kinds of games, like once you make a decision, it's final. And it feels like if you mm. build your characters wrong, you could basically jeopardize your entire playthrough. But mm. this game is basically like, like this game actively encourages you to just like, you know what? Like, are you stuck at this boss and you're like banging your head against it with the current party you have? It's like, yeah, you could swap out your characters or... Why don't you play around with their stats and subclasses a bit and maybe do something with that, you know? But the option to just switch out different characters and use that is there as well. Uh, so it just affords you so many options that are, like, you know, it's, it's, it, it's a lot to deal with um, at first because... But, but I think that the game introduces those elements over time in a really gradual and easy manner so that, like... You know, if they threw all of this stuff at you like right out of the gate, and you had to be paying attention to all of these systems, it would just be a mess and mm. so hard to keep track of. Um, but the systems start becoming important like the the further you get into the dungeon. Like, mm -hmm. uh, like I don't think I've ever had a game brutalize me before last night. <laughs> uh, but I did a I did like a four in the morning stream of just like, hey guys, you want to see me die at this floor that I got to and can't do anything with? And then everyone was like, oh, this game looks awful. I'm not going to play it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was unfortunate. But that's just me being terrible because, oh, like, I hadn't invested. I was like, oh, wait, I've got 174,000 money. I told you, Speed. And, I, like, it was like, wait a minute. I haven't invested, like, any actual skill points into Speed on any of my characters. So it's no wonder that I'm getting completely brutalized and not getting turns. You know, so I, like, I went back, revised that strategy, you know, and... Boom. Like, yeah, you've got to go fast. You absolutely do. <laughs> or well, you that get... Was... Yeah, those enemies that explode on their turn were just one-shotting you. There was, there was, a, there was like this like 30 to 45 second enemy turn that started and ended an entire fight last <laughs> night where it was just like, guys, do I get a turn at all? And it's just like, they keep attacking and keep attacking. Oh my god. It was so dumb. It was, I was just, I, I had put the controller down and was just watching attacks fly at me continuously. <laughs> it's like polyclicker if you don't level agility. Yeah, it really is. Like, it's, <laughs> it, yeah. So, 
that game is just really, really clever and brilliant. And I think that, like, unlike the first game, it's actually got a pretty decent story. The dialogue is fun and interesting between the characters. It feels a little more like they got a better handle or they had somebody else actually do the writing while they focused on handling the systems because this game is a lot more balanced. Uh, it feels a lot more fair. Uh, the puzzles and the designs in the dungeons don't feel nearly as just tedious and stupid as some of the later game stuff in the first Labyrinth of Toho did. Uh-huh. Um, and it's there's a lot of information to keep track of. like Because, like I said, you've got 48 characters. They've all got access to, like, seven or eight different types of elements and attacks and defenses and things like that. Um, I mean, that's, I guess that's one thing that I kind of liked about the first game is that I had a character art graph set, um, where like it would have the character's portrait, but it would also have like at the top of their portrait, like it, it like their attack types. So it would just, oh, okay. I know that you're a wind type and you've got some fire and you've got something to increase stats, you know? So like you've basically got to keep a little more, uh, uh, things in your head. Uh, it's it, like that stuff isn't quite as immediately surfaced. Uh, you've kind of got to like make sure you're keeping track of your characters, what they can and can't do, and what your characters in the reserve can and can't do, because maybe you know they've mm-hmm. got the, a solution for your problem. Uh, but it's just really good. It's a cute game. It's fun. It's very brutal. Um, it's uh, cute and brutal. It's cute and brutal. You know, it's it's brutal. <laughs> something it's one of those things um i'm just so impressed that someone made such an elaborate fan love live project <laughs> <laughs> yeah the final boss is maki there you go and then when you kill her nico pops up and smashes the hammer down and gains lightning power <laughs> so just yeah. one one realization mm-hmm. all of this started with a pc98 breakout clone Yep. Yes. <laughs> uh, but I would totally actually recommend Labyrinth of Toho to people cool. that really like stuff like Etrian Odyssey or if you really like Shen Megami Tensei. Um, this game is just like designed with those games in mind and there are very specific references to those games like in the item names and some attack names and some enemy types and stuff like that. Um, and it's just... Like it's a really brilliant uh, little game that it's hard to believe is like a Dojin work. Like I, it really just seems yeah. so official, and like the art and the music are so good, and it's just, yeah, it's just really. Well, I know smart. it's not official because the art's really good. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> Zune is Zune's not a terribly great artist. <laughs> so, how much of your enjoyment of this game is the Toho skin? I like it. Like I, I use most of my favorite mm-hmm. characters, so you know, like it, I try to stick to a party that is mostly comprised of the characters that I like or have gained some kind of affinity for over the years. Because mm-hmm. I'm just thinking, like you're saying, oh, if you're a fan of Veteran Odyssey, you should play this, and I'm like, is Polly a fan of Veteran Odyssey? Yeah, I like Veteran <laughs> Odyssey. I like Veteran Odyssey. Oh, really? Yeah. Because I was gonna say, like. I don't know, hadn't heard of you playing those games, and, like, you definitely did not like Persona Q. Persona Q. Persona Q just angered me a lot because, like, the dungeon designs are way bigger than Etrian Odyssey, and it's just the way that they 
completely brutalized a Persona 4 canon with, mm-hmm. like, just completely ripped out all of the character personality and replaced it with sound bites of characters just Hello. saying the most loud and obnoxious things of their personality. Hey, Chie's hungry and likes me. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Teddy's weird and rapey now. It's just amazing to me that, like, this Dojin work has resonated with you so much more than, like, officially produced games that should in theory be better mm-hmm. yeah 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 i like uh i mean i don't like i don't dislike toho at all mm-hmm. but it's uh, just the, so um, impressive is it completely order. translated now huh? toho, toho 2 yeah yes. it's translated cool yeah, yeah I, I was I like, googling it and then i realized that the videos were actually gesh yeah like, i own <laughs> a copy of labyrinth of toho 2 wow oh weird like, I bought the game because I liked the first one, but I waited to play it until I knew that the English patch was finalized. Mm. And that wasn't, like, it didn't just get finalized recently. I just recently decided, oh, hey, wait, I got Labyrinth of Toho 2 and I've never played it. And I just saw Gesh uploaded a new video for it. Maybe I should go play that. And then, uh, like, you know, and then, you know, cue me losing, like, three weeks to it so far cool but i'm nearing the end i'm on floor 18 i've got to i've got to suss my way around another boss and i should 18 of the one dungeon 50 four, hours yeah yeah <laughs> floor 18 still faster than persona q still fa- still faster than persona q it's still more still way more enjoyable than persona q cool do you know who the boss is in 18 mm, no uh, all right i know who the boss i know what the boss is because i went in and it, i've already started developing a strategy for it it's not like a named character. Nah, like I think that the only characters I have left to get are in the post game. Yeah, because I was kind of wondering, like Yukari is kind of like the god, mm-hmm. power level wise of that universe. It's like, well, I don't know who you go to from there. The only two characters I know that I have left to get, uh, in the like that aren't post game, mm-hmm. are uh, Flandra, uh, and I need to kill more foes in order to be able to fight her. Huh. And uh, Shikiyaki. Oh, yeah, Shikis. She's oh. like a judge of hell or something. Yeah. yeah. Also, I'm just, like, being nerdy, power level stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, those are top tier characters. Yeah, yeah. Like, I knew that, I knew Yukari was, like, you know, some kind yeah. of supreme goddess or something. But isn't, like, Byakuren some kind of goddess, too? Yeah, but I wouldn't put her quite as high. Mm. Yukari is definitely like, <laughs> and the lady from Mountain of Faith, like she just like, yo, I'm taking this shrine, like whatever. I'm Again, honest. just because they're literally a god doesn't mm-hmm. actually mean that much in this series. Toho is weird. It's like, just like so. Basically, it's like Yukari is god, god. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. She controls the borders between life and death and existence and reality. Was and shit. she um, perfect cherry blossom? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. But she's not an extra stage boss. She's a phantasm stage boss, and she's the only one so far. Oh, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Her I think this was, my, I think this was Quincy's favorite. Oh, um, awesome fucking theme. Incredibly important question. Yes. Is Sakaya in Labyrinth of Toho 2? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay, okay, I had okay. to. I had to. Yeah, she fought with Romelia, and I had to beat them both at the same time. That was oh, fun. Oh. We 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 did we did that one live. We figured that fight out live on stream. Oh yeah, you did. That's amazing. Yeah, we just kind of okay. poked around at it a few times, and Rhett was like, "No, I think you can do this." And I, I think like, it was two times. You got it the second time. Yeah, you? I think I got it like the second or third try. 
but it was good. It was because you were like, oh, I can't beat the. It was Tenshi. You were yeah, like, yeah, I didn't I'm going to lose this fight, and then yeah. you beat her the first try, and you're like, oh, I guess we'll just do the floor. Yeah, cool. Yeah, that that game's super good. Like, I'm. Cool. I'll probably have finished it like by the next time we podcast. So. Oh, and if the game says game over, it might be lying. Oh my god! <laughs> Fission mailed. That game got me good. Like, because, it, like, when I beat this boss that I couldn't beat for, like, an entire evening, and then I went on stream and did it the first time, there's another fight that happens afterward that's just your, your typical scripted JRPG, oh, you're going to lose this fight. And then it brings up the game over screen. And I'm just saying, like, are you fucking me right now because this game is so brutal it was conceivable that you would have to win yeah yeah i was just like are you there's because this that because they give you two super god characters there but then they got one shot then those super god characters got one shot (laughs) oh my god but yeah i'm having just a killer good time awesome with that game and i'm glad you came around on it since last night yeah well that's, that's <laughs> all thanks to gash gash kind of like clued me in. it was like you know first of all you know you need to be faster and then he told me why the fruits were killing me so gotcha can i ask one more slightly less vital important question that's sure. also pretty important sure is satori in it yes yes her ability seems super cool it is. She copies other people. Like, wh- whoever's on the front line with her, she can copy their spell cards. So, so if, so if you spec Marissa... You, yeah, so if you, like, spec her in the same way that you try to spec the other character that you're wanting, wanting her to copy, like, just throw all of her points into magic the same way you would Marissa, fire off two Master Sparks in a row. <laughs> I think if I play it, I'm going to definitely try to abuse her in a, in a good way. <laughs> Oh. oh my god! So we've got John having these weird adventures, and Rhett's gonna abuse a cute little girl. I think this podcast has gone way too off the rails. Wait, wait! What? I have one more question. Yes, is Patchouli in it? Yes, yes, yes! All right, all right. That's that's the triple triple finish. Yeah. Okay, I've got the harem. Is Quashi? Is who? Quashi? Don't think so. No. Yeah. I didn't see her last night. Is she from... Um... She's Satori's sister. Oh, that's right. Yep, 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 yep. <clears throat> yep. Uh, it, oh. Does anybody else have any questions <laughs> about uh, if their favorite Toho is in Labyrinth of Toho 2? She is a great Toho. You, that uh, is a great Momiji story. is in Labyrinth of Toho 2. I already knew that. So. Yeah, she is my, uh, she's my tank. Yeah. She's pretty fucking awesome at it, too. But yeah, that's all I've been doing. That's all I played Labyrinth of Toho 2. Go play it if you like uh, games like that, or if you've, you know, like, if you want to play a really good Toho RPG, but don't mind having to kind of like bang your head against things for a while to get it figured out, or you don't, you know, mind being a little overwhelmed with a lot of stats being thrown in your face, but it all kind of like boils down and makes sense uh, in the end. And uh, I, you know, thoroughly enjoying that. So that sounds so uh, rad. Cool, cool. Uh, let's move let's go to on. The zone. Let's go to the money zone. <laughs> let's move on to news because I was too lazy and I was too, I was playing uh, Labyrinth of Toho too much to find any butt steam for this episode. <laughs> so, uh, what oh, kind of we, news? Could, we could talk about the tweet? Oh yeah, yeah. You made 
the you tweet. made a <laughs> you made oh, a very okay. interesting tweet. Let's go over this. You okay. became internet famous overnight. Yeah, it's tied down now though. But, uh, so set it up for us. What happened? Scroll. Uh, I got. I was playing Division. You know, and then I, uh, you know, wanted to go on the Steam forums because you know they're always fun. And I see a certain uh, discussion about one of the characters who is uh, gay. And oh, this cool. is, here's the entire context for that, though. Basically, uh, basically, it's just a casual conversation where she's like, oh, my ex-wife says I'm better with that one. viruses than Oh, people. yeah, yeah, we actually read that. Like, I actually read that whole post on uh, the last episode, but you made a tweet about this. Yeah, yeah. And what happened? <laughs> uh, it exploded out of my wildest imagination. Uh, at the moment, it's pretty much died down. It's at uh, 1,459 retweets and 1,195 oh likes. And, like, a bunch of people started following you immediately afterward. Oh, they're all gone by now. And they're just like, oh, no, wait, this person also posts a lot of uh, very sexy content as yeah. well. <laughs> yeah, the, like, the day after, my entire notification was just liked, retweeted, like, retweeted. I was just like, oh, boy. It's like, I've got to turn this off yeah. for a bit. I woke up to, like, a hundred of them, and I'm just like, what happened? <laughs> so that's butt steam if you've got butt steam and you want to send it off to us and at the poly it sucks make people sexy.net you can either uh you can either take a screenshot of the post in question or link me directly to it and we'll read it right here for the audience's approval red hi we got news a uh, couple things <laughs> J- jim sterling is being sued by digital homicide I wasn't sure if I should put this one here because it's not really in our wheelhouse, but it's such a fucking stupid story. It's like, so you stupid dumb. assholes, what are you doing? It's basically, for, for those who don't understand what's going on here, Jim Sterling, online critic, uh, he's done a lot of videos about a certain quote-unquote developer uh, who releases games on Steam at a just ridiculous rate. They try to get them greenlit. They've got a few greenlit. They're called Digital Homicide, and... um. He covered one of their games once, and they tried to use the DMCA to get his video taken down because he was negatively critical of it. Um, And then, like, you know, that ballooned up into a really big hoo-ha thing. And then, basically, Jim has made it a point to keep continue pointing out, and rightfully so, that these guys just... All they're doing is buying assets from the Unity store, making very minimal adjustments to them... And then trying mm-hmm. to sell them. Oh. They're trying to sell yeah. like mods to, you know, a game engine whole cloth as a game and it's it's just ridiculous. And he's you know, he's you know, as a consumer advocate, he's basically just pointing that out. And Digital Homicide is basically suing him now or trying to. Uh, but you know, we're pretty sure it's gonna go nowhere, but certainly hoping yeah. that's the case anyway. So two things about this. The first is that the day the lawsuit came out, he had just done a new video about them where they had 18 games on in Greenlight. early access. Or yeah. on Greenlight, right. Yeah. 
and two of them were like literally the same thing but with different skins it's like they are not even being subtle shameless how fast they are shitting shit out and it's like can't steam just be like nah nah get out of here and just fucking ban them already yeah Mm. like it's It's like clear that i don't like they are abusing the system yeah and and Mm -hmm. it's just it's so blatant and it's so just like like the fact that like a stinking pile of shit like this quote unquote developer, you know, can go after a consumer advocate who's only doing yeah. what's right because you know people could be duped by this shit if it was for sale. It's like they're claiming harassment, but it's like you put out products for sale, he reviews them. Yeah, that's his job. That's what he does. Like you have to be able to put yourself out there when you're selling a product or yeah. attempting to sell. But the other thing is that there's this breaking development as of a few hours ago. A NeoGAF post says, seems that Digital Homicide removed the lawsuit information from their webpage. Uh Uh-oh. So this might already be fizzling out. They were trying to, they were trying to crowdfund it. Yeah. They were trying to crowdfund their lawsuit, but then like the website that they were trying to fund it through was like, you can't use our platform for something like this. You dipshit. Hmm. So it yeah. says the GoFundMe page is still there with two hundred twenty-five dollars raised. Oh shit! Totally. Oh my god! But it's basically they got Jim to stop talking about them for a week. Yeah, it's such. I hope he countersues them into the ground. Oh, it would be hilarious! <laughs> it would be hilarious. It's just like, and if you're ever curious, he did do a podcast with uh, the Oh my god, homicide, oh. but. But don't listen to it because it's just it is the I, worst. I the whole thing. It was just what awful. was it? Well, why would that do happen? Uh. It's just he just sh- gets shouted out the the whole time. Yeah, it's yeah. so dumb. It's so immature and just yeah. unlistenable. Weird. It's just unlistenable garbage. So yeah, any other news? <laughs> um, so Patrick Klepek of Kotaku broke a pretty fucking crazy story the other week. Yeah? Rumors that Sony is making a more powerful PlayStation 4. And as someone who has a PS4, uh oh, all, all I can say is, fuck this, what are you doing? All I can say is, you should upgrade and then sell me the one you have. Eh? Ugh. Eh? So like, eh? 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 No, it's a good idea, trust me. I mean, I just want to play Bloodborne, goddammit. <laughs> so, like, people were super skeptical about this at first, because it's like, you this don't do... This is unprecedented. Yeah, it's unprecedented, a mid-generation upgrade like this. Like, but there have been kind of... do that, like, twice now with PS2 and PS3? No, no, well, this is just like... to make it... Like sleeker, like that's this is like yeah. an actual upgrade, mm-hmm. like like more video memory and stuff. Yeah, the PS3 actually got worse because they took out backwards compatibility. Yeah, they took out PS2. backwards compatibility, and I do believe that like like I think the only upgrade the PlayStation 3 might have saw, and I don't, I might be talking out of my ass here. The Blu-ray drive might be faster in the smaller ones. Uh, so. <laughs> If I have the smaller one, I don't know what the bigger one looked like. <laughs> the bigger one's pretty big. It looks gotcha. like a George Foreman grill. Yeah, I have, I have the Super Slim PS3, and it's still, like, as big as the PS4. Yeah, it's I've got... not uh, small. I've got one of each. 
And uh, yeah, there's a pretty stark difference. But this is not that's not what we're talking yeah. about here. This is like actual... <laughs> this is saying games will run better, and then there's claiming 4K gaming, which yeah. is like that's not possible. Yeah. But then another outlet ran with the story as well, saying they had confirmed it independently. I forget who it was exactly, but there's this post on NeoGAF now, which has been verified apparently by the moderators there. It's from a developer, and he says... So he's kind of leaking everything now that the cat's out of the bag. He says, Price is currently $399. They were discussing a better CPU, which would raise the price to $499. We were guaranteed the price would be no higher than $499. He mentioned the CPU upgrade quite a bit, almost as if they haven't really decided on a final spec. Could be a pricing issue. Uh, they stated the GPU is twice as powerful as a standard PS4 and much faster. Uh, it will have 4K Blu-ray player and will upscale games that are not natively 4K. That's and insane. Some of the stuff, he says, for the PS4K, which is what they're calling it, I guess, <laughs> deep down, and then in parentheses, thought this was dead, and then it says GOW4. This was the exact abbreviation on the sheet. I can only assume it's God of War 4. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, straight up faster PS4 that will run games better. That's and, that's insanity if that happens. Yeah. It's insanity to me because they're already having trouble getting games running on the PS4 right now. Yeah. In general. So it's like, what the hell is going to happen to performance when it's the second tier and not as much focus as is being put on it? Uh, like, that's what's going to be really embarrassing. Because, like, fucking Broforce came out on PS4 the other month. And it's like completely broken. It drop. It's like a 60 FPS game that drops into the teens, Jeez. and it's a 2D thing. Like, how does that happen? To like these new consoles are just so fucked. It seems. Yeah. Like the, and it's just like we we're like what two or three years into this console cycle, and we're already at the point where games can barely even handle it now. Yeah, it's really weird. And it's just, are you really going to alienate, like? however 10 million ps4s they've sold yeah because they've done a pretty damn good job of at least outselling the xbox one at this point and they've no Mm -hmm. doubt done that on the you know the premise that they're not being scummy like microsoft Mm -hmm. and and, but this is just such a weird move and i don't know like what kind of precedent that sets for 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 the console market as a whole like I mean, if you want to try to be the first one to, like, you know, if you want to be the Apple and say, like, we're going, this is the way we're going, and we're going to be the ones to try and take the wheel, you know, mm-hmm. fine, but, like, I just, I don't know how the market will react to something like that. Mm-hmm. It's super weird because there have been rumors for a while of Microsoft also doing an upgraded version. Yeah. And, like, now those are in full force again where they're calling it the Xbox 1.5. <laughs> And you've got the PS4K. So it's like, are they just each waiting for each other to pull the trigger or something? There's going to be, there's going to actually be uh, a new Wii that comes out in Europe, uh, a new Wii U that comes out in Europe. It's called the, it's called the Wii UK. No, it's going to be called the new Wii U. (laughs) No, my joke was way funnier. I don't know. UK. Huh? Oh! Okay. Oh! oh. <laughs> oh my God! I got it. But I didn't think All right. You see, Maple okay. got it. Good job. Because PS4K and then UK. Okay. Free United uh, Kingdom. I get it now. There you go. You got <laughs> it. But got it just it. took me a second because 
they actually called it the new 3DS. Yeah. And that's the did. worst name ever. It is. <laughs> right? And then you th- it falls up 2DS, which plays 3DS games. But, <laughs> does, but As a uh, joke, I tried to explain the DS shit to my dad, and he was just like, nope, nope, nope. <laughs> so I'm like, no, the, the DS was the first thing, but the 2DS plays 3DS games. Like, what? No. My head. Stop it. It, it plays 3DS games, but they're not in 3D. You're just making and this shit up. The XL versions. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. So yeah, like this is this I... is just a weird move. And man, remember when we said what well, like gaming was going to be real interesting for the next five uh, years, a couple uh, years ago? Yeah. yeah, it's it's not it's 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 definitely living up to that. But for me, it's like the whole point of the console is kind of like set it's it in static. Yeah. Yeah, it's static. You, the you don't thing, have to worry. Yeah. And, yeah. And then if this is true, it just pushes me back to PC basically. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm just like, oh, okay. Well, you don't have a PS4 by choice. You just got it. It was but gifted I mean, to you. It. I mean, I wanted one though because of Bloodborne. Yeah. <laughs> like, it wasn't wasn't accidental. Like I could have been like, oh, I sure could go for a Wii U this Christmas. <laughs> you should have said that anyway. <laughs> oh, those games are sixty bucks though. Nintendo pricing. They're good games. I got Splatoon for fifty. Yeah, Splatoon's good. I know. It, I sure would it, love to play it. <laughs> Maybe it's a good thing I don't have Mario Maker because I don't think I'd be doing much else anymore. <laughs> I know I wouldn't. You know, you saw what happened to me when I was making my Mario game. I cannot wait for y'all to get it used for cheap in five years so that i, I can see all NX... mario maker levels yeah when me and rhett get mario maker it's just like <laughs> john play this now john play this now john, and i will john. eat it the fuck up jonathan jonathan play my game I'll be, I'll be calling john in the middle of the night john i put a new level up go play it <laughs> okay i'm kind of work in the morning i got work in the morning <laughs> john no like <laughs> seriously this is an airship level ah! <laughs> There are so few auto scroll levels online. It sucks. Really? Oh, oh, no one makes them. What about an underwater auto scroll? I did an underwater auto scroller. And it was awesome. Oh. Mario 3D World does an underwater auto scroller. Mm-hmm. But you know who doesn't? Mario Maker people don't make it. Nope. They, I don't see like, people... they don't make them auto scroller levels. They're too good for it. I see people on stream just skip when they see a water level. God. <laughs> you know what? I made an auto scroll level that auto scrolls at double speed over moving <laughs> platforms over lava. <laughs> See, that sounds cool. It's <laughs> really cool, but I can't share it with y'all because I don't have a capture card or whatever shit. Aww. So I could maybe videotape it with my phone or something. <laughs> I don't know. I give you the cape because it's so hard. But This talk reminds me I did actually play one other thing, which was yeah. I loaded up Portal 2 mm-hmm. and, yeah. play, and played the levels I made like four years ago. Yeah. In 2012, mm-hmm. and uh, they they're terrible. Aww. I was like, "Fuck!" I got it took like an hour to do like a couple levels, and I'm like, "God, this is just total fucking nonsense." Is uh, do you have to like be able to finish the levels before you can upload yeah, them? You have okay. To, okay, yeah. But it's just like, oh man, when you're not like in the head of the designer, like I, I had no idea what to do. That puzzle games are like that, though. Like, yeah. it's kind of like you've got to got to get yourself into a very specific mindset if you're going to solve something made by a person. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's also just like 
like I wasn't very good at communicating like what the end goal was like the exits were kind of in weird places that you couldn't immediately see and it's like well there's three buttons here what do they do I don't know <laughs> and like that's the entire core of the puzzle like is knowing what those buttons do yeah so it's like uh, I'm just like oh I'm not as good a level designer as I thought I was that was four years ago go back to 2D you nerd yeah it's just funny though because i remember putting that on like my game of the year list because i had so much fun making the yeah yeah uh and final news story edmund mcmillan of isaac fame has announced a new game yeah do you want to say what it is the legend of bumbo Bumbo! Bumbo is back! And he's going to be in his own game. We have no idea what this is going to be, but this is based on one of the best power-ups. Probably the best power-up, I would say, (laughs) in um, The Binding of Isaac Afterbirth, uh, is Bumbo. He keeps giving him coins, because Bumbo wants coin. And he gets big, and he keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger, and he turns into just an absolute sheer force of destruction like you have never seen before. And he poops bombs. And he poops bombs. Bumbo is awesome. Like, I really... I think he said turn-based RPG for this? What? I think he said uh, something turn-based. Yeah. That's so, amazing. But, that, like, the fact that this came out... This power-up yeah. right this after that stream. Right, right after I started Let's Playing um, uh, Le- The Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening DX, in which I named my character Bumbo. <laughs> the timing was just so absolute. So, like, I yeah. wake up one morning and I have 35 mentions <laughs> on Twitter. Polly, look at this! Polly, look at this! It's The Legend of Bumbo! <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck is going on, you idiots? Oh my god, it's a real thing. Oh my god, yeah, that's... I Like, we don't know anything about this game at all, really. Except that it's going to be amazing. Except that it's going to be amazing and that <laughs> Bumbo, Bumbo want coin. So is that all the news? That's well, all the news. Well, oh. do you want to do the bummer news? What is the bummer news? This shit with Nintendo and... Uh. Oh, it's, yeah, Allison yeah. Rapp. Uh, yeah. Nintendo's stupid. Yeah. Gaming, uh, awful sexist nerds harassed a woman a whole bunch and sent a bunch of letters to Nintendo telling them to fire her, and then they did. And it was completely unrelated. She did something else, and she was fired for unrelated reasons. Yeah, and you know, we're not going to say what those were. Mm-hmm. Well, the thing that... that pisses me off about this story is that she says as soon as she got back from her honeymoon mm-hmm. in Japan, they immediately like moved her to a parallel position in the company because they thought she wasn't a good forward spokesman anymore. Yeah. So uh-huh. it's like, not only did they not have her back, they immediately didn't have her back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's real shitty. Yeah. God. Fuck you, Gamergate. But, yeah. Oh, but then the next day, uh, Nintendo released... Yeah, I was about to say that. And then they released a me social media app. And everybody forgot all about it. And then everybody forgot all about it because everybody loves Mitomo. Guess what? I'm not getting Mitomo because I don't care. I'm not going to support that garbage. You're not going to buy it. You're not going to make me not mad at Nintendo Mm -hmm. uh, with your dumb little me app. Like, so you guys can have fun playing with it, but I'm not going to be. Can I I post my Mitomos and then still be mad about it? Can. 
Okay. Cool. But I'll hate I, you. You know, the timing on that was pretty great, though. Yeah. It, it, was just like, and, like, but it was just like, you know, like, we, we all go to bed one night, and we're just like, yeah, fuck Nintendo. They made a bad move. And I wake uh-huh. up the next morning, and everybody's like, oh, man, Nintendo's so great. <laughs> <laughs> it's really like, what shitty. What the fuck is wrong with you people? Uh, How quickly do we forget? But then um, I saw some great screenshots that were like, of the game and it's saying like what current news story is on your mind and the person exactly. had written like your corporate culture is shit and stuff like that. Uh, Eric did some funny ones. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. He did so one. I thought people using it as an attack vector to, to yeah. it was really funny. Uh, mm-hmm. Eric of twitch.tv slash Eric's joystick made one of his uh, of, of his me and he's like his me is like huddled up and crying and there's like a <laughs> bunch of monsters over him so he, he recreated <laughs> the binding of Isaac <laughs> oh jeez! I told him this one with two me's looking at the end of Evangelion cover. Yeah, just a whole bunch over hent stills from hentai manga. <laughs> just like with silly me faces. It's real silly. But Anna doesn't have a Twitter account, or rather, doesn't care about it. Mm-hmm. So um, she can't actually get in touch, can be friends with anybody on Mitomo without. Oh. Um, them being in the room physically. Wow. That's incredible. It's pretty, it's pretty Nintendo. Eric is streaming Mitomo now. <laughs> oh, jeez. We better finish this up then. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Is that the last news story? Yeah. yeah. All right. Do we have any questions? Uh, we have no emails. Let me blow Check it up. I don't, I don't think we have. I don't think we do either. I have a question. Where's, your... where's my... Uh, I was promised a uh, statue or a trophy for like being the only one that likes red steel oh shit you are right red steel one yeah wow. i tell you what i love that game that i had crazy. i had a statue i had a trophy made for mike foster calling it because he'd always made the claim that he was the king of all video or the champion of all video games and i had him a trophy made and sent it to him i will send you a trophy for being the only person that likes red steel how do, how do you feel about that i feel good all right, you will have a trophy sometime within the next month or two. Just depends on how long it takes them to make it and stuff. Okay. All right. So no questions? No. Maple, thank you very much for joining us on this episode. It's been great to have you back again. Yep. Thank you, Maple. Be back. Hope you had a good time and all that. We didn't bore you too much. No. Not too much. <laughs> I, I sort of glazed over at all the fighting game talk. <laughs> Don't worry, that's just typical, like, typical oh, John's, John. John's talking. I can glaze over now. <laughs> um, where can our uh, listeners find you if they want to keep up with your crazy dog-like antics? Uh, at a fluffy dog. At a fluffy dog on the old Twitter box. All right. And John Thire, where can we find you? You can find me at farawaytimes.com. Rhett, where can we find you? I had a tweet that got like 250 retweets once, but it wasn't something I made, so I was like, fuck this, and I deleted it. <laughs> and that was on twitter.com slash ret. And you can find me at my dumb website, which just updated uh, a couple days oh. ago. You might want to check that out. <laughs> we did a couple of special updates that definitely are worth your time. And remember, if you've got uh, questions, send them to podcast at socksmakepeoplesexy.net or shoot us a line on the old Twitter box at smps underscore updates and oh, oh, and check out the forms for the gen 6 list yes the gen 6 list is happening 
and all that yep. fun stuff. So go to the forums and fill that out. If you've got games in sixth generation and you're like, man, I like these and sure hope that I can categorize them <laughs> sometime, put them on a big list. <laughs> that's what you should do. Yes. And remember, the podcast that loves you, the only ones that love you.